Happy Tuesday. It is Glenn Clark Radio. I am Glenn. He is Griffin. Busy day ahead. Today's show brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. The best place to watch and bet on everything, including every football game this weekend, Thursday night, college all day Saturday, all day Sunday, Sunday night, Monday night. Reserve your spot by emailing events at sportssocialmd.com. And remember that every Super Bowl futures bet that you get in, $25. You can register that bet to win a pair of tickets to the Super Bowl. FanDuel.com slash S-B-N-A-Z. Coming up on the program today in just a few minutes, we'll preview the Maryland Five Star, which happens this weekend in Cecil County. Maryland five-star CEO Jeff Newman is going to join us later this hour. Al Wallace, former Terp, now a talk show host down in Charlotte. We can get his thoughts on whether or not DJ Moore might be available or Brian Burns might be available or I don't think the Ravens would be in the Christian McCaffrey market. But you know what the hell? Just take them all. Robbie Anderson. If you can't get DJ Moore, maybe Robbie Anderson would be available or... I don't know. We'll talk about all of that uh, after the Panthers fired Matt Rule yesterday and maybe they're waving the white flag, perhaps, and we will see if they're in the market to uh, making some deals as perhaps they realize that a full-on rebuild is necessary. We'll talk to Al Wallace about all of that. Joe Serpico will join us. We'll preview Waiver Wire Wednesday with him, Press Box Fantasy Football Expert. Dare we uh, invoke the name of Taysom Hill? Again, after he had uh, himself a day as the Saints won on Sunday. And we will uh, check in as well with um, their buddy Howard Griffith from the Big Ten Network. Get his thoughts on tough one for Maryland over the weekend. And, you know, are they still contenders? Did that maybe shine a light that perhaps we are getting a bit carried away when it came to Maryland? And also, why does the Big Ten hate Maryland? We will ask all those questions of Howard Griffith a little bit later on. Uh, Quickly here at the top, before we get to uh, Jeff Newman, one, John Harbaugh had his press conference yesterday. Marcus Williams is going to go on IR, but he says it's not season-ending, so I guess that's good news. There's a lot of room between those things. Of course, what you know is someone goes on IR, they have to miss four weeks. The question becomes how much more than that might he miss and can the Ravens survive that? It might line up nicely around the bye that perhaps coming back on the other side of the bye would be when Marcus Williams would be ready to go. There's no getting around it. It, It's a big blow. You would like to think that Kyle Hamilton would be ready to step in and play a bit more, but clearly they didn't feel that way on Sunday night. So I don't know what might change that going into this week frustrating Geno Stone played admirably as uh, he was pressed into duty and so again you hope maybe that could continue you hope but it's a hope that's all it is it's just a hope you have no real way of knowing whether or not Geno Stone could hold up for four five six whatever it is weeks that uh, they might need him as Marcus Williams is sidelined. So no getting around that. But again, the good news being it's not season-ending, according to John Harbaugh, for Marcus Williams. The other thing that I thought was interesting, obviously last night the Chiefs uh, beat the Raiders, and there's a ton in there. There's the fact that the Raiders went for two when there were still five minutes left in the game, as if there would be some sort of significant difference. 
in being up by one versus being tied when they were giving Patrick Mahomes the ball. Now, somebody might say, hey, well, they they were down by one and they got the ball back from Patrick Mahomes and they had a chance. That's That's fair. I still don't understand the thought process in that moment. There's way too much time. Again, end of the game, you down and go down and score with um, 10 seconds left. Completely understand why it is that you would decide, I want, I want this to be decided by us. I get that entirely, although 10 seconds might still be enough for Patrick Mahomes as we remember what happened in the playoffs a year ago. Five minutes left, I don't get it at all. I also... Don't know that I understood the Chiefs trying to go for two, to go up by two scores. My buddy Andrew Stecka was going off about that with somebody over the weekend. I can't remember who it was. I'm still, until the numbers suggest that it's a better than 50-50 proposition for you to convert the two-point conversion, I, I'm, they, they can be the team that has to do it. We, we keep trying to make it seem like a two-point conversion is an easy thing to get, and it ain't. You got one play. When you get first and goal from the three-yard line, you expect to score because you have three plays to do it. One play to score from the three-yard line. You can call up all the great plays you want. They only have to defend so much of the field. The advantage is to the defense. And I get the numbers say it's been roughly a 50-50 proposition. I'd have to look to see if that's been updated this season to see where the numbers might be. But the idea that it's easy, not at all. The advantage is the defense. you got to make one stop. In a league that doesn't prioritize running the ball, as we saw last night with the Raiders trying to run it in on the two-point conversion and coming up short. I'll let the other team be the team that has to convert a two-point conversion before it's me in that circumstance, but that's me. The other story from last night was the very controversial roughing the passer call um, that went against Chris Jones. A report this morning from the AP, the NFL plans to discuss roughing the passer penalties amid outrage over two disputed calls in week five, a person with direct knowledge of the matter told the Associated Press. The person speaking on condition of anonymity because the conversations are internal, said changes to the rule are not expected during the season. The person also said the league is not giving officials a directive to emphasize roughing calls following Dolphins quarterback to a tongue of Iloa's concussion. NFL owners will meet in New York next week. The league's competition committee, comprised of six team owners' executives and four head coaches, makes most of the recommendations for rule changes. Teams can also propose rule changes to be voted on by owners which require 24 votes to pass. Um, I'm not sure what to make of it. Not yet, anyway. I'm not... You know, after the game last night, the officials, Carl Cheffers, you know, defended the uh, the decision. Said, hey, the rule says... This is what the rule says. You guys are going to be mad about the rule, but this is what the rule says. You're saying the ball's out. That doesn't matter. The rule says if someone's in a throwing posture, they get full protection. And part of that protection is full body weight. Which we've known was an emphasis the last couple of years. We're yelling about the calls themselves when the problem is really the rule. I mean, I, I don't know, the call, the other one, the Buccaneers call, I don't think that was the rule. I think it was the call. I think last week against the Ravens, the problem was the call, not the rule. 
But yes, it's getting out of control, and the league needs to step up and do something. And right now, they're saying, well, hey, we can't do it during the course of the year. But maybe they need to have a conversation about that. I understand the idea of why they did the full body weight thing. I get it. I get the biggest problem the NFL believes is the possibility of quarterbacks getting hurt, and they don't want that any longer. They, they lose viewers if the quarterbacks are hurt. So how do you figure out an in-between to be able to play football and to allow guys to be able to tackle quarterbacks without them getting hurt? And the NFL is trying to figure it out, and right now it's created insane scenarios where tackles are penalties. Last night we can debate that. There, there was a full body weight situation. I don't like the call, but... If that is how the rule is written, that even if the ball's out of the quarterback's hands, he still gets protection, the rule says full body weight, you're getting that flag. And there's no doubt, Chris Jones came over the top and used his entire body weight to bring down Derek Carr. I don't love it. I don't love it. But the rule's the rule. All right. Um, this week, the events I do love. I love everything that helps our area and brings huge economic impact to our area and world-class sporting events to our great state. And this weekend, starting on Thursday, out in Cecil County, the Maryland Five Star, you can see Olympic athletes in action, nation's best horses and riders competing in one of the world's premier equestrian events. It's the Mars Maryland Five Star. It's presented by Brown Advisory. And joining us now is the CEO of the Maryland Five Star. He is Jeff Newman, and he's with us on GCR. Jeff, it's Glenn in Baltimore. It's great to chat. Thank you for taking some time in what I know is a very busy week. Oh, it's my pleasure, Glenn. Thanks so much for having me on. Jeff, for people that still have heard about the Five Star, are kind of aware of it, but still a little bit confused by it, uh, how do you explain to the casual person what is the Maryland Five Star? Well, first off, it's just an amazing concept. It, 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 the sport generated out of a cavalry test to get horses and riders prepared for battle. And then it turned into a sport, and then it turned into an Olympic sport. And so it's really an equestrian triathlon, very similar to the Ironman competition for horses. So you have to go through multiple phases in order to win. So it's not a race. It's an international competition. And at the five-star level, that's the pinnacle of the, of the difficulty in terms of the sport, which only happens in seven places in the world and only two places in the U.S. So if people come out, they're going to truly see something that's really unique that you can only see in a few places in the world. So that, that's the part that kind of is, is wild to me. It's not just an equestrian competition. It's truly a world-class sporting event. There are only a handful of events like the Maryland Five Star. Exactly. Um, and again, like I said, there's only two in the U.S. The other one is in Kentucky. And so, like I said, we want to try to bring an economic impact here to Northeast Maryland, Cecil County. It's a beautiful place to come and spend a week. Um, and we have a, a whole bunch of activities in addition to the competitions, such as retail shopping, we have tailgating, uh, we have demonstrations, we have live music, and a, and a ton of Maryland food and beverage. So it's a great family event. You can bring your dog, uh, and it's a dog-friendly event. So, you know, we encourage people to come out in the country and that's check awesome. out something that's really unique. That's really cool. I didn't know it was dog-friendly. That's really, really cool. Maryland5star.us with the number 5, maryland 5 star. Dot .us is how you find out more. Get your tickets. Jeff Newman is with us here on Glenn Clark Radio. Jeff, for, for someone who says, okay, I want to check this out, but like, 
when should I go? This isn't quite, you know, they're quite the same as going to a baseball game, right? Like, when should I go? What time of day do I need to be there? What would I expect to see if I go on a certain day? Can you give us an idea of, for, for someone who's thinking about coming out, when, where, how, like some of the details of planning out a trip to the Maryland Five Star this weekend? Sure thing. Well, it's in Elkton, Maryland, at a facility called Fair Hill, and there's three phases. Thursday and Friday is dressage, and it starts at 8 a.m. and goes all the way until 5 p.m. And then Saturday, if you've never seen eventing, you know, really what defines the sport is the cross-country phase, and that's horses going over obstacles on a four-mile course, and it's just exhilarating. So if you've never seen the sport, Saturday is the day to come. And, again, we start at uh, gates open at 7 a.m. with competition starting at 9 a.m. and goes all the way till 4 o'clock. And then Sunday's our show jumping phase, which is really the final. Uh, and that starts also at 9 a.m. and lasts until 4 o'clock. So it's a full day of, of competition. We have over 180 horses competing, and it's just something really cool to see. So that's generally the outline. And each phase, you know, sort of has a different taste. You know, if you like figure skating for horses, dressage is for you. If you love seeing <laughs> horses go over a four-mile track, then cross-country is for you. And show jumping, obviously, it speaks for itself. So. Yeah. Any day offers something unique. I had heard it described as horse dancing before. This is the first time I've heard it described as figure skating for horses, Jeff. I might I might have to use that moving forward when we discuss this dressage. That's pretty good. Um, uh, Jeff, yeah. the, the, the commitment between the state, the region, Fair Hill, uh, to, to have this event, to keep it under, this is the second one. Um, like, is, is this, what, what do we know about the details of the future of this event and how much we should expect it to be a part of the calendar here in Maryland moving forward? Well, it's an annual event. It'll be in mid-October every year. Again, we're in our second year and we're trying to build, uh, you know, a tentpole event here in Maryland. You know, obviously the Preakness has been around for so many years, but, you know, we think we have something that ultimately could, you know, come somewhere in the ballpark to that. So the other events in the UK that have been around for 50, 60 years, they get 150,000 people over four days. We're right now at about 22,000 and we're hoping for 30,000 this year and so on and so forth. So we just want to continue to make people aware of what they have here in Maryland, come out to Cecil County, and hopefully we'll continue to get those crowds that the other events get around the world. Jeff, we talked about, you know, Olympic athletes being in action. So I, I know that perhaps these uh, these competitors aren't maybe household names for the average sports fan, but probably important to point out, like these are legitimately Olympians that you're going to come see this weekend. Absolutely. Eventing is an Olympic sport, and five-star is actually higher than the Olympic level. The Olympic level is actually a four-star, which is just one under. So these are the best of the best coming. You know, it's really the Michael Jordans of horses that are coming out to compete. And we have three of the top five riders in the world competing uh, with number one in the world, Tim Price. Uh, we have number three in the world in Oliver Townen. And we have number five in the world in Will Coleman. So you'll see a mixture of international and American athletes. And we also have the silver medalist uh, winners from the recent world championships in Italy. So we have the best of the best. And again, you'll see these horses do incredible things. And even if you don't like equestrian, you could really appreciate it. Um, I, I want to go back to what you were talking about with some of the other other things that are involved uh, with this weekend. As we're chatting with Jeff Newman, the CEO of the Maryland Five Star, um, not only do you have this world-class competition, you've got the Beer, Wine, and Spirits Showcase, the Maryland Fresh Food Fest. I, I, I feel like, you know, again, somebody's sitting there saying to themselves, 
is, is this for me to bring out like my friends and have a drink? Is this for me to bring out the family? Like, is this kid friendly? Like, I, I feel like there are people that have questions again, just because they're not used to it yet. They haven't been. What is, is this, is there really something for everyone at the Maryland five star? A hundred percent. We wanted to create a variety of activities. Um, and again, we're trying to create awareness. We want people to come out and see the event and hopefully get hooked on the sport. And in order to do that, that's why we have a craft beer and wine spirits vessel for those that enjoy doing that. Those that like to go out and, you know, sample, you know, local produce, we have that offered on Sunday. And we also have a hundred retailers. So if you want to come out and do some early Christmas shopping, we have a variety of retailers that are selling, you know, all types of different products. And then we have, um, yes, you could bring uh, your family. Uh, we have kids activities with a with an organization called the Maryland Horse Industry Board, where they have kiss a pony, you know, pet a pony, learn about the horse industry. And we also have what's called the Corgi Cup, which will happen on Sunday. And we have 50 corgis signed up to do racing around our track. So all kinds of fun things. And then, of course, we have great Maryland food and beverage being promoted throughout the four days. Uh, we have, for example, the Wellwood, which was voted number one crabs a few years back in Maryland. They have a crab shack here, you know, things of that nature. So I really think there's something for everybody to come out and check it out. And then hopefully you see the equestrian competition and you say, that's something I've never yeah, seen before cool. and want to come back year to year. That's yeah. really, no, it's really, really cool. Um, Jeff, it's it's an amazing event. I'm I'm so glad it's here, and I can't wait to get out there this weekend. Maryland Five Star again with the number five. Maryland Five Star US is the website. Um, is there anything else you'd like? We know it's social media where you'd like people to be following something like that. Is there anything else that we can plug ahead of a huge weekend up in Cecil County? Yes, please follow us at, at Maryland Five Star. Uh, we have Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter and also on LinkedIn. Um, and so we encourage you to follow us throughout. You could also sign up for our newsletter uh, through our website. But uh, website should have all the information of, you know, Maryland5star.us, like you said. So, uh, but again, if you want to come out just for one day to check it out, the day to do that is, is on Saturday for Cross Country, awesome. the 15th. Awesome. Uh, Jeff Newman, congratulations. Can't wait for a great weekend. Uh, appreciate you taking the time for us this morning. I know you're very busy. Thank you, my friends. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Jeff Newman, CEO of Maryland Five Star, with us here on GCR ahead of a big weekend. Seriously, I implore you. I, I said this, and I'm going to keep saying it. I, I wrote about it in the aftermath. I was as disappointed as everyone was about what happened with the World Cup. Uh, it was devastating. I was wrecked by, by our city and our region being left out of the World Cup crushed me because it was the realization, hey, this was probably the only chance in my lifetime for this to happen. I mean, it, it, I, I was just devastated by that news. But the first thing that came back to me was I'm not going to spend my time fixating on the people that didn't choose us. I'm going to instead focus on the events that do choose our region and the wonderful things we do have. And y'all can lament, and y'all can take the low-rent way out and say, oh, this is the problem Baltimore, blah, blah, Get the F out of here with that. The same way that I wanted to talk up the World Women's Lacrosse Championships over the weekend, Maryland Five Star, Maryland Cycling Classic, I want all of these things to succeed. I am in favor of every big event 
big football games at the stadium. Navy Notre Dame. I'm I'm on board with all of them. And I want this thing to be a great success because it's a huge opportunity for our region, for our state, to make money, for businesses in the area to make money, to have a serious impact economically, major opportunity for tourism dollars to be spent in the state of Maryland this week. Go out and support the Maryland Five Star this weekend. Uh, MarylandFiveStar.us, again, is the website. Okay, we're going to switch gears here on GCR. We're going to get back into some football conversation. The big news yesterday, of course, is that Matt Rule was fired as Panthers head coach. Now, that alone, we're not all that concerned about up here in Baltimore. It doesn't really impact us all that much. But the question and the immediate thing that, of course, we all were following up with on Twitter was what else maybe this might signify when it comes to perhaps where the Panthers are and what could be next. And so is there a possibility that, you know, maybe like some players could be available and the Ravens could maybe bring like, say a DJ Moore back home. Well, let's check in with another former Terp and a man who is a radio host down in Charlotte on uh, ESPN radio he is our friend Al Wallace, and he is back with us now here on GCR. Al, it's Glenn in Baltimore. It's great to catch up with you as always. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. Yeah, good morning, guys. How are you doing? I appreciate you having me on the show. It's good to chat with you again, dude. First of all, uh, I'm, I'm assuming you watched the game on Saturday. What the, what the hell's going on with the Big Ten officiating? Why do they hate Maryland? They absolutely hate my Terps, man. I, I just... You know, it just frustrates me to see the team go down in flames the way they did on a couple of bad calls, just missed calls. So uh, they have to get it together. I'm expecting a big win against Indiana this weekend. We got to get this thing back on track. Four and two feels like uh, we're taking way too many losses so far this season. Yeah, we are. We were starting to have like visions of sugar plums dancing in our heads. Out. Yeah. We, were, we were like imagining what if they went four and oh in this stretch and then somehow beat Penn State. Could we maybe have like college game day in College Park for the Ohio State game? We were getting a little carried away there for a second, so that was kind of crushing. Hopefully they get the ship righted. Um, but speaking of Terps, look, I, I guess before we get to what could be next, I'm, I'm assuming you're, you couldn't be that terribly surprised by the decision to fire Matt Rule. It seems, it just seems like kind of things are a disaster in Carolina right now. Is that fair to say? Yeah, it's been a disaster for the last couple of years. Two five-win seasons for Matt Rule. Uh, the team doesn't look like it's getting any better. The players don't look like they're being developed uh, under his regime. And it, it, you, you look at the stadium, you see all the red from the 49ers fans. You go outside of the stadium, the tailgates are all Niners fans. It was embarrassing to be a former player to walk up the streets of Charlotte, North Carolina, and to see just how bad it is, the complete takeover. And I think that was David Tepper's final straw there when he saw how his stadium, his fan base, did not show up to watch that football team. And then, oh, you put a bad product on the field. Baker's now hurt. So many things went wrong, have gone wrong this season. It's a complete disaster here in Carolina. So he's former Terp Al Wallace, now a host on 730 The Game in Charlotte. He's with us here on GCR. 
So, Al, you know, the rest of the league is what they're, we're wondering now, and particularly here in Baltimore, is this is there is there a bigger signal that's being sent by by doing this now? Is there a signal that, hey, we realize we got to maybe rebuild this entire thing, that we got to tear it down to the studs and try again? Is this a signifier that, hey, you can call, we might be willing to trade players, or is this just about Matt Rule and say, no, 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 we need the foundation of the players that we have here? Yeah, I think it's twofold. So I think David Tepper, the owner, needed to kind of show some goodwill to the fans that he was willing to move off of that that big contract, seven years, sixty-two million dollar contract he gave to Matt Rule, and then two, get you know fans back in the stands. But more than that, this is a rebuild. No one's going to say it. No one's going to you know you know verbalize that. But I think at the end of the day, understanding that there are only four Carolina Panthers draft picks. Uh, so far that we have in our pockets for this upcoming draft, I think it's time for a fire sale. I think you use some of the pieces, some of the assets that you have to try to get more draft capital, and that's Christian McCaffrey. Uh, maybe DJ Moore, but I think Robbie Anderson and the deal that he has, but certainly some of those guys have to be removed from this roster. You have to start over. Quarterback's going to be a goal, but you have some assets now. You have some healthy players. I think CMC's at the top of that list, and man, I hate to swallow that one. DJ Moore might be a guy you might have to move mm. out of here uh, from the Carolinas. Now you're speaking our language, now, my friend. Now, now you're here. <laughs> this is music to our ears at the moment. Um, I, and I get it. I, look, I understand why uh, Christian McCaffrey might be the obvious answer. I don't think the Ravens would be in the Christian McCaffrey market, but DJ Moore, and to a lesser extent, Robbie Anderson, certainly seem like they would. Um, be real with me. What do you think it would take? Like, what what do you think if, if to say, hey, obviously you don't want to trade DJ Moore because he's a high level player. When you bring in your next quarterback, you want to have you know a great wide receiver for him to be able to throw the ball to. What really is this a case of? Hey, they'd be listening on DJ Moore, or more like, hey, if you really want to blow us away, then I guess we could talk about DJ Moore. Yeah, I think it's a blow-me-away type of scenario. DJ's one of their core players, especially on offense. Uh, he's still a relatively young wide receiver in the NFL. And look, he has had a terrible quarterback rotation here since his, you know, since he got here from, from Maryland. So not a lot of stability at that position, and he still performed well. So I think they want to keep him. I know for a fact he has a great relationship with David Tepper, his wife, uh, he is a well-liked and respected football player. He's just had a bad break as far as the talent at, at, wide, at quarterback, I should say. But, yeah, I think if the offer is there and it's uh, one that will blow you away, if you're Scott Fitter, the general manager, you, you take a listen. So they're going to answer the phone, going to see what everyone has to offer. Uh, but DJ Moore, Brian Burns, feels like Jeremy Chin, some of those core pieces I think they want around as foundation, uh, foundational pieces to kind of rebuild this thing from the bottom up. And DJ, although, uh, you know, it just hasn't gone well this season, I think they want him to stay around here in the Carolina. So you're saying that uh, a fifth-round pick and, like, a year's supply of crab cakes probably wouldn't be enough to land DJ Moore and Brian Burns. No shot. Yeah, probably, no shot. Probably I'm going to – I'm going to be selfish and keep him here, too. I, I, I get that. L- let, me, let me ask specifically about DJ Moore, because there, there is somebody. We, of course, know a little bit, no pun intended, more up this way as, as Maryland people. But I'm sure there's somebody who says, look, the guy, you know, it's been 1,100 yards and four touchdowns. Like, he's a nice player, but why am I trying to blow someone away 
to get a DJ Moore. Why, why is it, Al, that DJ Moore might be even better than, you know, he's, he's been very productive. I don't want to take anything away. I don't want to say, like, he hasn't been productive. He's been very productive. But is there a chance, and why would he maybe be worth even more than perhaps what his numbers say that he might be worth? Because I don't believe that he's played his best football. I don't know that DJ Moore has peaked in his career because of that quarterback situation, the tail end of Cam Newton, and then you have Teddy Bridgewater, Sam Darnold, uh, you, you name it, now Baker Mayfield. So with that, he's been productive, and the touchdowns haven't been there. But the, I think the best comp you can look at is somebody like Debo Samuel. You look at DJ Moore, what he does after mm-hmm. the catch, I think there's so much meat on the bone left with what you can do as an offensive coordinator. Joe Brady, Ben McAdoo, uh, haven't been able to, to reach. So that potential is still there. I think he's still one of the better wide receivers as far as production and numbers-wise. Yes, the touchdowns are down, but a lot of that has to do with philosophy and scheme and identity in this offense and that lack thereof. So DJ's a great, great football player. We know that. We watched him through college and now here at the beginning of his football career with the Carolina Panthers in the NFL. So I think there's a lot there. And if someone can get in there and tap what DJ Moore's potential could be, I think he could be considered one of the top 10, top five wide receivers, dynamic playmakers in the lines of Debo Samuel in the NFL. Is it, is it safe to say it would take a first-round pick for the conversation to begin with DJ Moore? I think so. Yeah. I think David Tepper and Scott Fitter are not hearing anything less than the first round before the talent that DJ possesses. I get that. I completely. By the way, I'm I'm willing to do it for what it's. I know it's not. Unfortunately, they don't let me make the decisions around here. I, I it's crushing <laughs> yeah. for me, but I'm willing to do it because I know damn well exactly what you're getting in DJ Moore. Uh, let me go to Robbie Anderson for a second, Al, because it it would seem like that's the more likely one that you could get for a bit of a lesser price. Um, had a massive season two years ago, seemed to drop off a bit. Is that about Robbie Anderson and the trajectory in his career, or again, is that about the Panthers and the offense and the quarterback position and not really about Robbie Anderson? Yeah, I think it's about more about the Panthers. Look, this offseason, there was a market for Robbie. Uh, a few teams wanted him, including going back to the Jets. And, and before that draft hit, they got some pieces. So he's still a really good wide receiver. Uh, He had a bunch of drops last season, but he too had a 1,000-yard receiving season a couple of years ago, and then the Panthers extended him. Look, he's going to have a $12 million cap hit coming up here next year. The Panthers can save that if they trade him, and I think that's one of the big chunks that they're going to be able to do. They're sitting at, I believe, $17 million under the cap. Robbie's going to be gone. He's not a piece that they necessarily lead. Need. They invested in Terrace Marshall Jr., who just started playing. Uh, Rashad Higgins, they like Shai Smith out of South Carolina. So a lot of other young players are going to get uh, some of those reps uh, where, where Robbie just hasn't been able to did it, get it done. And um, he's going to be out of here because that money, that extension, is really going to be his downfall. But he's still a good football player. He still has speed, and he's made plays when he's had the opportunity. So if anybody's looking for kind of a mid-tier wide receiver, a possession guy, a speed guy, it's going to be Robbie Anderson. Look, I'm not, I'm not opposed to it. I'm just, you know, I'm setting my sights higher. I want DJ Moore home. That's just the way that it goes. Just another minute here with Al Wallace, former Terp, uh, ESPN Charlotte, with us on GCR. Al, you brought up the name Brian Burns, and again, you know, the Ravens also have a needed edge rush, although they're hoping to get some of their guys back. Can, can we assume it's the same scenario? This is a guy that already is off to four sacks on the season. He's been very productive. 
it, it would be a significant price that someone would have to pay in order to get Brian Burns? Yeah, I don't know that there is a price. Um, I, that defense has performed well. I think Brian Burns has been the centerpiece. Uh, a surprise performer in Frankie Lugu, who was made a starter there at linebacker. Shaq Thompson's kind of aging out. But Jeremy Chin, J.C. Horn, that's, that's the team. That's what this team, Scott Fitter, I believe, wants to build around. A Seattle guy who was with the Legion of Boom and, and saw how that defense really propelled propelled the Seahawks to a Super Bowl championship. So Brian is probably not going anywhere along with Chen and J.C. Horn. Those are guys that they want to keep around. I can't imagine a number or that, that it would take to get Brian Burns out of this system. He is He's their best player on that side of the ball, and I don't know that they're going to be willing to part ways uh, with Burns. I get it. I completely get it. Again, selfishly, I'd like to have him, but I completely understand that. I feel like Derek Brown's name has been tossed around a little bit. What, what do you make of that conversation? Yeah, if you'd asked me about three weeks ago, he probably would have been one of the number one guys. Just not, did not perform well against the run against Cleveland, who just ran all over the Carolina Panthers. Pat level wasn't good. Um, he just was overthinking it, and I think he decided to stop trying to be assignment and alignment perfect and just go out there and dominate other 300-pound grown men. And, boy, the leap in his performance over the past three weeks has been phenomenal. Look, this guy was a high draft pick, top 10 for a reason, and he had not played up to that potential. When you look at a 6'5", 330-pound guy that is just ragdolling other 330-pounders, we've seen that on film. I think what he's done here the last few weeks is bought himself some time because that B word, that bus word, was starting to be thrown around about Derrick Brown. He's matured a whole lot. A family man, has two kids, recently got married. So I think he's another guy, along with Burns, that you can build off, especially up front. You know, guys, know how difficult it is to get big offense and defensive linemen. And I think they have really two good guys in Burns and Brown to kind of, uh, you know, lay that foundation of what they want to be on that side of the ball. They got rid of the defensive coordinator. I don't know that was his fault, mm -hmm. but that defense certainly performed well for Carolina. All right, so uh, three years' worth of crab cakes, a, a, a fourth and a sixth-round pick, and, and, and we talk to people and we get uh, Al Wallace's name in the stadium at uh, CQ Stadium uh, in College Park. Um, uh, does, that, does that get us, DJ Moore? Oh, that does not get you, DJ Moore. I would love to see old number 56 up there. Uh, but, man, I, look, I love my turf, man. I, uh, Jermaine Carter was here as well that's right. for, for a little bit. Yep. And, uh, you know, Marty Herney, the former general manager, he's up there in the D.C. Yeah. area. He's a, a turf guy. So I love my turfs, man. Just give me one guy. Don't take DJ Moore away from him. <laughs> All right. Well, we want him, so I'm not going to promise that. We're going to do everything in our power in order to try to get him back this way. Uh, at 96, Al Wallace on Twitter is how you follow him. Uh, he is the former Terp, Al Wallace, uh, of course, down there in Charlotte. Al, really appreciate you taking the time for us, man. Thank you so much for doing this, and uh, look forward to chatting with you again down the road. All right. All right. Anytime, fellas. I appreciate it. Good luck. It's Al Wallace uh, checking in with us here on GCR. Um, we'll see. We'll see. I, 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 don't, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. That's all I can keep saying. I'm interested. I can't pretend like I'm not. This is also still the Ravens that we talk about. And, like, you know, more often than not, whenever we get excited about the availability of a player and start trying to connect them to the Ravens, they're probably not going to end up being here for, one, for, for a multitude of reasons. One, because 
if DJ Moore is available, the Ravens aren't the only team that want him. Everybody wants him. And the likelihood of the Ravens being the team that's going to pay the most in order to get him is slim. Now, of course, I don't think many of us expected the Ravens to be in on Unique Ngakwe a couple years ago. Another former Terp, and, and he was. Now, that one didn't work out. Obviously, they made a midseason trade for Marcus Peters, but that was a very unique situation where like nobody knew that Marcus Peters was available and only became available because the Rams had dealt for Jalen Ramsey and didn't feel like they could pay both of them. That worked out quite well for the Ravens at a reasonable price, but this is a little bit different. This is a player very much in the prime of their career at a priority position, and... If the Panthers are making it clear that like guys are available, you would think there would be a serious bidding war for the services of DJ Moore, and I just don't see the Ravens winning a true bidding war for this type of player. But damn, what I trying to figure out what kind of package uh, with Patrick Queen we could put together. I just don't. I don't know why. First they, got, of they, all. they want to keep building on that defense. Yeah, so. Okay. All right, dog. <laughs> all right. Um. I don't know. I don't I don't I don't I don't think that I would be surprised by the Panthers being more interested in players than in picks. I think that was yeah. sort of what Al yeah. Wallace was alluding I, to or even as interested in players as they are in picks. I think they want picks. Um but maybe I'll prove maybe that'll be proven to be wrong and perhaps just to make the cap thing work they have to consider taking players. I I'd, I'd be interested in seeing. I'd be interested in seeing what a I'm so desperate for one credible rumor. Like one legitimate report. Well, I tell you, I tell you, who's interested is the Baltimore Ravens. Oh my God, this table might move because of the, you know, what would be going on in my pants at that point. This table could literally lift up. Like, what the hell's going on over there? I'm like, you know exactly what's going on over here. Just need one credible, you know, some reporter. I don't even know who the reporters are in Charlotte anymore. Um, I'd have no idea. Yeah. I think Darren Gant might still be there. I need Darren Gant. To just tweet out, have heard the Ravens are sniffing around on DJ Moore. Oh my God, we're going streaking. We're going streaking at that point. We'll have to manifest it. Maybe we should start making fake accounts. Oh, and, no, uh, no, no. I said credible. I want credible. Well, no, no, yeah, well, that fake accounts like just start, you know, they start the I understand, and but, then eventually like a big uh, name has uh, to has to be asked the question. Uh, oh, okay, because there's enough rumors on yeah, the internet. Yeah. They, and they'll be like, "Well, I mean, I'm not going to put it out of the oh. out of the Oh, I'd be so excited. And coming soon, the all-new Ginsu Kamado Grill, the perfect ceramic tailgate or home grill for searing, grilling, baking, and smoking all kinds of food. Get the details. Reserve yours today, ginsugrills.com. Use the code TAILGATE to get $100 off your order. And you can get a sample of the cooking from the Ginsu Kamado Grill before every Ravens home game this season at the Game Day Firehouse, located at the Firefighters Union Hall, just west of the stadium, 1202 Ridgely Street. Stop by, try some food, enter to win a Ginsu Kamado ceramic grill and $500 worth of grilling meats. Still much more to do on the program today, including we got to take a look at Waiver Wire Wednesday. I had a disastrous week. That decision to play Jerry Goff over Aaron Rodgers? I warned you. Yay! Hey, it's not like in back-to-back weeks in the two leagues that I care about that I uh, I traded DeAndre Hopkins for Trevor Lawrence and then benched Aaron Rodgers for Jerry Goff. I'm doing great. This is great. Thanks for asking. We're going to have to have Joe on every day. It's Jesus like- Christ. Oh, and I went 2-6 and six in picks this week. So. <laughs> 
just a really good week for your boy. The one that I was down by 60, and I had like four players playing last Yeah, you had Travis Kelsey. Yes, it was a good night to have Travis Kelsey. I ended up winning by Oh, Good for you. Good for you. Get the F out. We're going to preview Waiver Wire Wednesday. How can you find some help for your team? We'll talk to Joe Serpico next. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Have you been to Guilford Hall Brewery? Located in Baltimore's Station North neighborhood, Guilford Hall Brewery breaks the craft brew mold with their great handcrafted microbrews and amazing Bavarian-style food selections. Join Guilford Hall seven days a week for Orioles, Ravens, and all of your favorite college games. Make plans now to watch the big games, play trivia, or bring your dog for yappy hour. They even have free valet service on Friday and Saturday nights. Go to guilfordhall.com for a complete schedule of events, beer listings, and food and drink specials. We'll see you at Guilford Hall Brewery. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms. What's up, everyone? This is Tyus Bowser, and I'm excited to tell you that I'm back with season two of the Tyus Bowser Show in partnership with Pressbox and Great Ace Memorabilia. Join us on Tuesday nights throughout the season as I'll be heading all over town with my special guests. And of course, our co-hosts, Glenn and Rita. What is it, Rita and Glenn? What is it? I look forward to meeting you guys and talking a little bit about football and a lot about life. And if you happen to miss the show, you can now catch a replay Friday nights on 1057 The Fan. Get all of your details for the Ties Bowser Show right now at PressBoxOnline.com slash Bowser. It's brought to you by Maryland Vascular Specialists and the all-new Ginsu Kamado Grill. The 2022 baseball season is in full swing, and the future is brighter than ever for your Baltimore Orioles. I'm Paul Valley, And I'm Zach Goodman. And together we bring you the bat around every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon with everything you need to know about the Orioles and baseball as a whole. From veterans like Cedric Mullins, Austin Hayes, and Ryan Mountcastle, to young stars like Adley Rutschman, Grayson Rodriguez, and D.L. Hall. We've got you covered for every game, every pitch, and every debut. You can watch us at YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline and Facebook.com slash PressBox sports or you can listen at pressboxonline.com slash radio so join us live on the bat around every saturday from 10 a.m to noon right here at press box sports glory days grills oktoberfest menu is now running it's one of their most popular seasonal menus all year it features the chicken schnitzel the oktoberfest brewer's platter the brewer sausage sandwich the bavarian burger with a pretzel bun the cheddar ale soup the slam dunk pretzels and the apple cobbler all of these meals pair well with oktoberfest beers and angry orchard on draft. Dine in or order online at glorydaysgrill.com and pick up your favorites to take home. Glory Days Grill, great food, good sports. Check out Jeremy Kahn's daily picks at pressboxonline.com as he tries to find you daily winners. And speaking of winners, here's a man who once won a media curling contest and I don't think anything else. He's Glenn Clark. Hey, if you missed it, Stan the Fan Charles and Ross Grinsley caught up with the great Kenny Singleton, sweet swinging Kenny Singleton. You can find that right now by going to facebook.com slash pressboxsports, clicking on the videos tab, go to youtube.com slash pressboxonline or pressboxonline.com slash video. Stan the Fan, Ross Grimsley, Kenny Singleton, talking some Orioles, talking some playoffs. Again, find it right now wherever you get your videos as uh, that conversation was yesterday. The playoffs do indeed get back underway a little bit later on today. 
as uh, all four series are in action today, all four of the division series matchups, game one in all four series coming up today, starting at 1 o'clock with game one between the Phillies and Braves. It's time for us to preview Waiver Wire Wednesday. Joining us as he does every Tuesday here on GCR, he is our press box fantasy football expert. He's our buddy Joe Serpico, and he's with us now here on GCR. Joe, what's going on, man? How are you? Uh, we're hanging in there. How's everything going? Well, it would be a lot better if I didn't bench Aaron Rodgers for Jared Goff last week. Oh, yeah. I had a gut feeling that was coming this week, didn't I? But that's the beauty of fantasy football. No, it's you not. You know what you're getting into no, any it's not. week. It's not the beauty of fantasy football. It's the hell of fantasy football when I wake up and find out I was I was both a loser and eliminated from our uh, survivor contest for having the lowest points of the week. And I just, if I just would have played Aaron Rodgers, I would have been safe in both. But other than that, I feel, I feel just great, just great about my decision making. Um, let me, for selfish reasons, start there. Am I, am I trying the Jared Goff thing again, and just figuring that this was the Patriots' defense, and you know everything will, will work itself out, or should I have learned my lesson? And what the f are you doing? Go back to Aaron Rodgers immediately. Well, if I remember correctly, uh, for this week's sake, I think the Lions are on a bye this week, so hopefully you do put him oh, on your bench. Are they? But, uh, oh, they? Never mind. All right, fair I, enough. I, I, yeah, I'm pretty, sure, I'm pretty sure this is the All week right. that they, uh, All right. you know, because well, we're going to talk does, about that, I'm sure, they're creeping up on us. Ah, uh, you are bye. correct. The Lions, oh, and the Raiders are on a bye this week. I need another tight end. Awesome. Well, tight end is a great position to need somebody because there are so many good ones this year. God. Ah! Yep. Gross. Just gross. All right, well, then, yes, I'll play Aaron Rodgers this week. Uh, let's talk about uh, waiver wire. Uh, at some point, do we finally have to acknowledge somebody in your league should be playing Geno Smith week to week? Uh, he's the person that actually was on the top of my – well, I have two Seahawks on the top of my yeah. uh, my must-add list this week, uh, the one being Kenneth Walker, which yep. I'm sure we'll talk about in a second. But Geno Smith, uh, yeah, I mean – uh, I guess we need to stop all the hate because, to be honest, he looks 100 times better than Russell Wilson does right now. Um, what you do like about Geno is that he also gives you something as a rusher as well. It, you know, it's come, We're in that day and age now where fantasy quarterbacks, you wanna, even if they can move a little bit, that, that little bit of points actually uh, it means a whole lot in the grand scheme of things. Um, so, yeah, Geno Smith is somebody that is now, he's, you know, if you're in a 12-team league, he needs to be started. Um, He's just putting up too many numbers up now. Now, to be fair, he is going against some pretty shady defenses the past couple of weeks. But until the numbers stop, kind of almost like Jared Goff, until until we see it really fall off a cliff, yeah, well, you kind of got to go with him. Yeah. Some of the big names are not doing what we've seen years past. Yeah, and thankfully Jared Goff fell off the cliff, so I don't have to think about it anymore. No, I'm I'm with you on uh, Geno Smith at this point. I. I tried to ignore it, pretend like it wasn't happening, kind of laughed at the idea of it, but I too am kind of accepting of it at this point. And I'm, it, there's a there's a league where I traded for Trevor Lawrence, where now I'm thinking about perhaps picking up Geno Smith because that's the hell that I'm in at this point. You mentioned Kenneth Walker. Unfortunately, I did not find him to be available in any of my leagues. Um, obviously, if he is. I would assume he is 100% a must-add, must-use waiver priority, and probably even worth, you know, a, a, a fair chunk of uh, fab in order to get him. Correct? 
Oh, absolutely. I mean, there was already some talk heading into this year whether it was going to be Penny's job for, for the long term. You know, they did use high draft capital to land Walker. Um, and then it kind of seemed like for a little bit, maybe they were going to try to use both guys. But now with Penny obviously out for the season, uh, you know, you got to go all in on Walker. Uh, and you almost feel bad for Penny. The kid can never catch a break, just always you know, injury after injury. But Walker, yeah, if, if he's available, I'm both leagues I am in. Uh, that he's not available, so which is kind of disappointing because you know, obviously they're trying to stash as many running backs as possible. But if he's out there, he, he's your number one claim. I, honestly, he's probably the top claim that we've probably talked about in a couple weeks here, uh, just because a lot of the other injured backs have uh, guaranteed to be rostered. But if Walker's available, and let's say you're in a you know let's say a two hundred dollar fab league, I'm I'm throwing fifty bucks at that. Wow, just because you know he's somebody. Yeah, well, yeah, he's. I mean. We're coming to the point of the season, especially with bye weeks coming up. You know, you got to you want to strengthen your team as much as possible, uh, and uh, he's a guy that's going to get a ton of looks down the stretch. And regardless of the situation, now there's no splitting backs with him. I'm not worried about DJ Dallas or anybody else on that team. Uh, it should be Walker's uh, show for the rest of the way. He is Joe Serpico, press box fantasy football expert. He's with us here on GCR. Uh, Joe is Eno Benjamin, someone you're picking up on the waiver wire this week. Uh, waiver wire, not necessarily. I'm curious to see just how banged up the other running backs on their team are right now. Uh, just because it also seems like James Conner, uh, he's one of my favorite terms to use about running backs. It's called a plotter. That's what he's starting to look like. He's just, you know, averaging, I believe, is just over three yards of carry. So that's a little bit of concern. You know, Benjamin, you know, has a, has a second gear that we're not necessarily seeing from Conner. Uh, but I'm not necessarily spending any uh, fab on him. He's a guy I pick up maybe Thursday and roll the dice with him if you're that desperate. I'm I'm still a little bit weary about putting him in your starting lineup unless you're again that desperate. I am loath to even say this name, but we have to because of what happened on Sunday. What do you say to the Taysom Hill question? I believe I had mentioned him a couple weeks back and. Uh, he's again. He's one of those guys. Uh, he's going to make or break games for you. Now he's going to have weeks where he puts up absolutely nothing. Even even on Sunday, he put up zero uh, receptions, and he's playing at a tight end position. But you'd mentioned it before. Tight end position is just so scarce to find somebody at, and he's somebody that's going to be a home run hitter for you. Now I do think uh, he was a little bit of a beneficiary because of the injuries to um, to Jameis Winston, so that gave him some more extended looks at, at the quarterback position. So when Winston comes back, I don't think he's going to get the same amount of touches as that. But what other tight end are you going to get that has that opportunity to throw your touchdown pass, run for run for one, and then you know he can still catch one every now and then too. And we're not getting that from pretty much any other position, any other player in fantasy. So yeah, you might have a couple of weeks where he puts up maybe one point, three points, but then you saw this weekend why if you put him in there as a streaming option and he goes off like that, I'm going to assume you won your league that week. Uh, there's no doubt, and again, given what I my, like in this in, in one particular league, I uh, I had Dawson Knox hurt, so I picked up Tyler Conklin, who got me a gentleman zero. So, uh, yeah, I might as well play Taysom Hill, I guess, at this point, if that's the case. There's really nothing for me to lose if I go ahead and line that dude up. Uh, Jacoby Myers, where you at with him? Oof. Well, it's tough to get on board with anything that is a New England Patriot outside the running backs right now. Uh, but Jacoby Myers, when he plays, he is a target monster. He had a, a 
think it was like a year and a half, two year stretch where he couldn't find the end zone to save his life. It just seemed super unlucky. But he's another guy who's kind of talked about all season long. If you find receivers on bad offenses, they got to chuck the ball around quite a bit. And the Patriots seem to be that right now. So if, if he's available, sure, you start him. Again, another guy I'm not necessarily uh, throwing into my lineups right away, but I do want him on my team and just to see if those the target share can continue. Um, I am I am intrigued by Jacoby Myers because I feel like he was the one guy that they had like you know, like a commitment to ahead of time. Although, again, I get it that saying those words with Bill Belichick is always a mistake because there's no commitment to anything other than whatever the game plan is for that week. That's the way that it works. Uh, Joe, anybody else waiver wire or, you know, wait out the waiver wire if they're sitting there on Thursday? Anybody else whose name jumps out at you for this week? Uh, we talked about him slightly last week, and I actually uh, didn't give him enough credit. Um, I said to go get go get Latavius Murray because of the move that the Broncos made, mm-hmm. but then when you watch the game on Thursday night, um, Mike Boone looked to be the more explosive player between the two. Um, Melvin Gordon, as we talked about, has a history of coughing up the ball, and then like Boone just looked like the more explosive player when he got his touches. You know, again, Gordon is the the more prized, I guess, player because they're paying him a good chunk of change to be out there in Denver, but Boone just looked to be Every time he touched the ball, he picked up four or five yards a pop as opposed to Gordon just kind of was out there kind of deal. So, again, he's another guy that, you know, stash him on your bench, see if maybe that title turn, maybe the will becomes Boone's job down the stretch. And then another guy that I've also, I know I've talked about several times is Brian Robinson. Uh, He came back from, you know, the crazy situation that happened to him and immediately took over as the top back for the commanders. Now that's not saying a whole lot because he only had nine carries for 22 yards. But in comparison, Antonio Gibson had three carries. And it was the talk of all the offseason that Brian Robinson was going to take over that job, and he did almost immediately. So if Brian Robinson is available, that's a guy you want to scoop up as well. And really quickly, just because you brought up the Broncos thing, I know it was the worst football game in the history of all time, but what did you make of the Colts backfield situation? Well, that's a good one. So just watching the game, especially after uh, I can't believe the Naheem Hines was knocked out that early, but it looked like uh, Deion Jackson seemed to be the guy to go to there. Uh, I, I was kind of intrigued. I was kind of hoping that Philip Lindsay was going to have one of those games where he went off against his former team, but it didn't really happen. It looked like Jackson was the uh, more explosive guy. But it sounds like uh, Taylor's thing is not something that's necessarily long-term. So you know, if you really need a spot play, go out there and grab Jackson. Uh, because who knows with these new concussion rules if Hines is even going to get to play this week. Uh, but Taylor should be back, if not this week, next week for sure, and that's obviously the guy you want to own in that backfield. Uh, very good. Joe Serpico, it's at Joe Serp on Twitter is where you follow him every day. You can see his stuff at PressBoxOnline.com as he gets you ready for week six of fantasy football. Joe Serpico, appreciate you, pal. Thank you for taking the time for us as always, my friend. We'll talk to you next week. Anytime. Talk to you then. That's Joe Serpico getting us ready for uh, Waiver Wire Wednesday. I really am going to have to try to pick up Taysom Hill in that one league because I have no idea what's going on with Dawson Knox, and I'm not going to have a choice, and that inevitably means he's going to do absolutely nothing. And I can't believe that this was the year where you should have spent all of your early picks on quarterbacks, tight ends, and wide receivers. This was the zero running back year if there was ever a zero running back year in the history of football. I'm so sad. I'm so sad that I was doomed, doomed just by my draft alone. 
doomed. In fact, the league where I'm doing the best, and it's the one that I don't care about, is the league where I purposely didn't do what I was going to do in a real draft because one of my friends that's in the league that I care about is also in that league. So I, I it's John Proctor, and I just I always do this every year as I do things I would never do in my real draft. And of course, that team is great because I was because you were just I was just drafting me- messing and, around. Yeah. I was just goofing. So of course I'm killing it in that league. I hate everything. I hate everything. I hate fantasy football. It's stupid. Why do we do this? So this is your last year? Uh, I keep thinking that one of these years I have <laughs> to just – I have to say it's not worth it. Uh, I, I don't know if I got kicked out of. I One of the leagues that I've been in since I was a child either oh, ended man. or I just got kicked out of. I'm not really sure what happened there. Like I never heard from anybody about it. They just – I, I realized I hadn't heard about the scheduling draft, and I was like, it's fine. I'm not very as close with that group that as, as I was when I was young. So, like, if I got kicked out, it's it's fine. Like, that's, that's life rough. life will go on. You say that. I, I'm, I'm 40 years old, man. Yeah, okay. Like, I just can't get worked up about, like, the fact that I'm out of a fantasy football league. Yeah, we've been doing it for 20 years or whatever. But, like, I looked around one year at the draft, and I was like, I know three of these people at this point. I don't know, I don't know who these people are. Or I don't know how they got in the league. I don't know what happened here. But I'll uh, I'll live. I will survive the fact that I was kicked out. Apparently, I, I guess I, I don't even know if I was. I, they might have just ended it for all I know. Who, who knows? Um, we're winding down hour number one of today's show. It has also been brought to you by Guilford Hall Brewery, where they've got a huge Halloween party coming up on October 29th. Guilford Hall Brewery is just a gem in our city, 1611 Guilford Avenue in Station North. Be there on the 29th. It's free to get in costume contest great music plus as always the incredible beer selection including the uh, Guilford Hall lager as well as um, they also have an amazing Bavarian menu inside outside areas you're, you're, you're going to be blown away you're going to walk in and you're going to say holy hell th- this is here how did I not know well it's because you weren't paying attention to me dum dum guilfordhall.com is the website in order for you to find out more um, Mike of the Mike is here. MC Ernest. Ernest goes to work because we can never settle on a nickname, so we gave him all of them. Um, and I'm glad he is because we have been preparing this for a long time. Today is the day. MC Ernest, I know you've been studying. NHL season gets underway tonight, and you are prepared to give us your full-on NHL preview for 2022-2023. What do we need to know as hockey gets underway tonight? No clue. All right. Oh, thank you very much. Gosh. That was your yeah. moment. That was your chance. I was looking forward to learning something. Boy, mom spaghetti situation going on over here. Just vomit all over the shirt. What the hell just happened there? This is set you up. You had a chance to knock it out of the park. You could. This could have been the thing that you sent to all the networks in order to get your job. I'm Way to go. Up, pulling no, up no, the projections no, no, I, don't, I don't need you to read from the internet. I don't need that at all. Don't need that at all. Yeah, NHL season begins tonight. No, I, I got nothing. I have I have no idea. Who won last year? Tampa? No, Tampa didn't win last year. Colorado Colorado won last year. Tampa won two years previous to that. Mm -hmm. And uh, And then lost. And then they lost last year. Right. But I hedged my bet, so I was good. Good job. Well done. Well done. I I got them at a great number before the playoffs started. I was like, really? You guys guys know they won the last two Stanley Cups, right? And they, like, loaded. They have all sorts of good players. I mean, so does Colorado. Colorado is loaded. 
Um, and so I got in on that, but then I smartly got to the finals and said, yeah, I think Colorado is going to win. I'm going to go ahead and hedge this thing. They seem to be the favorite once again this year. Colorado? Yes. Yeah, that would make a lot of – I would assume that Colorado and Tampa would be the two favorite. I mean, they're, they're just – they're insanely loaded, both both of them. Maple Leafs and the Florida Panthers. So the Austin, of- the Austin Matthews factor is significant, right? Sure. I, I don't – I got nothing else. I know. I got to be honest tough. with you, bro. I don't know it's a tough. damn thing. I don't know anything at all. What are the Capitals' odds? Um, Capitals' odds. Darn it, I was just looking at A handful at it. of people around here that care about the Capitals. Let's see. Let's see. Ooh, not great. Yeah, well. I mean, Wait a minute, what? They weren't good a year ago, were they? I don't know. Oh, there <laughs> they are. They're like, I don't know. they're right in the middle of the pack. What does that mean, right in the middle? Of, what are their odds? 33 to 1. 33 to 1. the Cup. Okay. And the, the clo- but I mean, again, nobody's got great. What the, the Avalanche are the favorites, but what are their odds? Plus 450. Right. I mean, like, that's yeah. the reality. You, you want to play footsie? That's actually pretty It's very awkward. awkward. <laughs> uh, um, uh, okay. So they're 33 to 1. Yeah. I, I, sure. How about the Arizona Coyotes? What are their odds? They are dead last. Oh, that's weird. <laughs> it's very surprising. But they're going to get Wembenyama, so we're good. <laughs> I don't have anything to worry about. Uh, he, they're he, playing. Could you imagine a seven foot? Oh my god, it'd be amazing! It would be absolutely player. incredible. Um, it's like a newborn giraffe on the ice. <laughs> I feel like there was a bit where, like a minute bowl, somebody like that one time went and skated with a hockey team, like years ago for for the sake. It wouldn't have been for social media because there was no social media at the time. But for the sake of the absurdity of the video that they would be on Sports Center or whatever, there was a story of a very an over seven foot dude. Who went out and skated with a hockey team just to just for you know s's and giggles? I don't remember who it was, but it was hilarious. Um, I, the Arizona Coyotes are such a dumpster fire. They are playing. They don't have an arena. For those that don't care about this the way that I care about it, because clearly I care about it a great deal. I'm a fan. They don't have an arena. They got kicked out of their arena. This is a straight shoot. An a prof- American major American professional sports team where, where was they play? kicked out of the arena. They played not downtown where the Suns play. Okay. They years ago uh, there was their own arena was built out on the west side of town in Glendale, right where the football stadium is. The problem being that's not where their fan base is, and this is a very difficult thing to understand. Like I I try to make a comparison. Um, it would be like the Capitals deciding they're going to build a new arena and they put it in. You know, Western Maryland, yeah. And they were like, okay. "Hey, it's in Hagerstown." It, yeah, like it's it's kind of close. Be like, "What the hell? Like, what are you talking about? It's kind of close." And it's, that's not fair. That's an extreme. It wouldn't be Hagerstown. It would okay. be. I'm trying to think. Of, I'm trying to think of it. It's like not, somewhere else in Northern Virginia, or like. I'd make a better comparison. The better comparison would be if they announced that Baltimore was getting a hockey team. And then, no offense, they decided to put it in Westminster. Oh, let's go! Like that's <laughs> that would be the better comparison. I'd be like punk. you'd be very excited. Yeah. There'd be a there'd be a handful of you, like five hundred people, who'd be all in, <laughs> and the rest of us who are like, yeah, I wanted to become a hockey fan, but like, I'm not driving out to Westminster every night. That ain't happening. <laughs> it would be more like that. Maybe for uh, for young MC Ernest because he lives at, on campus at Stevenson. That wouldn't be so bad. Like. Not the worst drive in the history of ever to get out the west. Man, how long would that be? Thirty minutes to get? Not from, even. I don't think so. From Steve, I mean, it's a it's all one forty and yeah, but it's still like it's not like there's a highway there. Like right, it's right. a it's there's still lights that you have to go through. I used to you know drive to Westminster a lot when the Ravens the training camp mm, yeah. out there. Um, that would be the better comparison. 
So they put this arena out in Glendale, and every now and then the Coyotes would be good and people would go, right? Because when somebody's good, when there's something happening, it's exciting. But for the most part, the Coyotes stink. And so nobody was going. And so the arena wasn't making any money. And then there was disastrous ownership, and they weren't paying their bills. It was a whole thing. They legitimately kicked the team out. They said, we'd be better off not having an anchor tenant. We would be better off having an arena with no teams. That's a straight shoot. There's this giant 18,000-seat arena. They have no teams playing in it in Glendale. They're just doing concerts and you know the rodeo or whatever the F they do out there. And they just decided they were better off than having – that's how much of a dumpster fire the Coyotes are. The NHL, and I've tried to explain this to people over and over again, the NHL won't leave. Everybody just says, well, move the team. Move the team to one of these other markets where they want them. The NHL – and this is the thing that we can never possibly understand – the NHL wants Phoenix because Phoenix is where you take like everybody that's a money person and you say, hey, come out. We'll go golfing. It's it's February. It's miserable where you live in Canada. But if you want to spend money on the NHL, come take a trip with us to Phoenix and we'll go out and we'll take a golf tour. So they don't want to leave Phoenix. The NHL is hell-bent on not leaving Phoenix because it's a very good market. It's a terrible hockey market, but it's a very good market. So straight shoot. Arizona Coyotes are playing in Arizona State's hockey facility. Now, the first thing is Arizona State plays hockey? <laughs> yes, they do. What a world. Maryland doesn't have a hockey team. Arizona State has a hockey team. This is a hockey arena, not the basketball arena at Arizona State, which Jeez. is like a 10,000 or so seat facility. This is a 5,000 seat hockey facility. This would be like an NHL team playing on campus at Towson in the CQ Arena or at UMBC. Actually, I think UMBC might be bigger because I, I think they might be more like six to 7,000. Yeah, CQ's like five, maybe? Yeah, it's that. Yeah. It's like playing at C a NHL team playing at CQ Arena at Towson. But hey, well, at least they also don't have good players. <laughs> How do they like? Oh, is it the owner is it the owner that is like the issue there, or like? Well, they're why trying. They they've been working bad? on. Uh, well, they've had like eight different owners. It's okay. it's just a, it's a cluster f. NHL should just buy the team and then. I think the NHL did that at one point. Oh. <laughs> I, I think that might have <laughs> happened at one point where they bought the team until they could find a new. I mean, it's a it is an ungodly disaster. I don't know how to describe. So it. So I'm just gonna bet the puck line against the Coyotes. I would every, every night. night. Every, every night. night okay. You will be profitable. All right. I swear to God, whatever it is, every night, and don't get disheartened when they like win three games out of five. Right. Don't say to yourself like, ah, they're turning things around. I'm gonna be no, no. They are ungodly disastrous, and anything they might have, they're gonna trade. Like it is a complete until they get the arena built, which I I guess is still gonna happen. By the way, it's so funny. The, the Coyote thing is so funny. They. They got to an agreement they were going to build an arena in Tempe, which is on the east. That would be like, um, you know, if if they if the we got a team in Baltimore and they put the arena say in Towson, right? Like it would be convenient for the most part. Um, downtown Phoenix is a is a is destitute, so it actually would be better to be on the east side of town. So they got this agreement done to build, and now this is such a straight shoot. The city of Phoenix is trying; they're sending out mailers trying to get people to say we don't want an arena in Tempe and like saying it has something to do with the airport and you're going to have airplanes flying like 
it's it's a it's a, such an ungodly cluster f. Nobody, of course, in the rest of the country would possibly care because who they're the most they're the least interesting franchise in all of American pro sports. They are the most absurd franchise in all of American pro sports. That's my team. That's who I root for. I think it would just be crazy to pull up to a game in like shorts and a t-shirt to watch, and then have to bring like oh, dude, hundred percent hockey stadium. It's it's kind of why I fell in love with the hockey is I didn't know like there, we didn't have a team here, so I never yeah. I was never into hockey. Then I got out there and I went. And I'm like, this is awesome. <laughs> this is so cool. I'm so all in on it. Uh, but uh, yeah, they stink. Yeah. They stink. Fanduel's got a cool special. You can bet on who uh, Ovechkin's gonna score his 800th goal against. Like what team? How many does he have coming into the season? Seven hundred eighty. Seven hundred eighty. Yes. Okay. And what's so. uh, what's Gretzky's number? Um, good question. Also, when do they play Arizona? <laughs> yeah, right. Because he might score twenty. That <laughs> Gretzky game. has a thousand seventy-two. What? That's what I'm looking at. That no, he might have a thousand seventy-two points. He doesn't have a thousand seventy-two goals. Nobody has a thousand goals in in NHL. That's no, including playoffs. Well, that might include okay, playoffs. So regular season, eight ninety four. Eight ninety four. All right, yeah. thank you. I'm like, what the hell? Well, are you why, they about? they highlighted, a and I assume he's got a lot more than that in points because I think he had like a thousand assists. Right. Um. Yeah. Eight hundred ninety four. So was the thought that like maybe three more years is what it would take for Ovechkin to if he could still play at a high level to get there. It'd be a long, long. But it is, and I've said this before. Like, if you're the Washington Capitals, you you don't. No offense to like the the six of you that were like there's. We oversell how many people in Baltimore care about the Capitals. It's a handful. We've done all of the research. It's a handful. Like, it's not enough that, like, anybody in Baltimore can be profitable trying to do Capitals business. Like, it, it, we've tried. And I, I promise you, like, people that the, – the, the handful of you that are Capitals fans, like, always get mad when I say that. But, like, I promise you, we have done all of the research. It's it's a handful, and that's cool. And if that's what you're into, that's what you're into. I'm not mad at you. Once upon a time, I used to have this like I hate everything about Washington thing, and I don't care anymore. I'm over that. I'm, I'm I got kids. I got too much going on to care about that any longer. If you want to be into the Washington Capitals, I'll never understand it. I don't know what your association is with Washington and the Capitals, but if you want to be into the Washington Capitals, God bless you. Be into the Washington Capitals. They're they have nothing. They they are a meaningless organization. For their entire history, outside of the arrival of Alex Ovechkin, and the, again, the two of you that cared about Dale Hunter and Rod Langway and whatever, Drew Forrester, y- you can care, but that you can't change reality. The Washington Capitals were irrelevant. They had one career trip to the Stanley Cup Finals where they got swept by the Red Wings. They were nothing until the arrival of Alex Ovechkin. Nobody cared. So if Alex Ovechkin wants to pursue Wayne Gretzky's record and like he's not the same guy at the end of his career, the Capitals absolutely should bend over backwards for the dude and say, play as long as you'd like. You want to play till you're 50 in order to break this record? Go right ahead and do it. Because they owe their entire existence to this person. That's the only thing they've ever had going for them is this guy's arrival. So if he wants to stick around and he stinks at this point, but you got to keep putting him on the ice so you can allow him to score goals and try to take a shot at the record, they should 1,000% let him do that. I also don't care what they do. They just does not affect me at all. Today's show uh, also brought to you by 
the print issue of Press Box, which is available right now at your neighborhood Royal Farms and at the hundreds of locations around town where you find Press Box. You can read it all. PressBoxOnline.com. Mark Andrews on the cover. This one only available until Monday. So this is your final week to go get this print issue of Press Box. If you can find it, I'm told it's uh, basically gone from most places. Uh, but you can always read it at PressBoxOnline.com. Coming next week, a new issue with Kevin Willard on the cover. When we come back in, we will talk some Terps. Speaking of uh, Kevin Willard, we'll talk some Terps. But on the football side, Howard Griffith from Big Ten Network. Get his thoughts on a disappointing loss to Purdue and why the officials hate Maryland and the whole thing. That's next, Glenn Clark Radio. See Olympic athletes in action as the nation's best horses and riders compete in one of the world's premier equestrian events at the Mars Maryland Five Star at Fair Hill, presented by Brown Academy, October 13th through 16th in Cecil County. Don't miss the breathtaking excitement of the dynamic cross-country competition or the elegance of dressage and precision of show jumping. There's also great shopping and activities, including a fresh food fest, corgi race, and a beer, wine, and spirits showcase. So come enjoy a beautiful fall day at the Mars Maryland Five Star at Fair Hill, presented by Brown Advisory, October 13th through 16th. Learn more and buy tickets at maryland5star.us. Come experience Maryland's number one sportsbook this NFL season at the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel, the ultimate place for any sports enthusiast. Take advantage of our 24-7 kiosks, massive video screens, and watch all the action from the best seat in the house. With more money paid out than anyone around, make every moment more at the new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgamblinghelp.org. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. The Baltimore County Police Department is hiring. Entry-level officers start at close to $59,000 a year with a $10,000 bonus. Some restrictions apply. Plus a great retirement plan, medical, dental, and vision insurance, advancement to specialized units, tuition reimbursement, 15 sick days earned per calendar year, and even further incentives for military members and veterans. If you have a passion for service and want a career for life, visit JoinBaltimoreCountyPD.com or call 410-887-5542. You must be a United States citizen, possess a valid driver's license, and have a high school diploma or GED equivalent. The Baltimore County Police Department is an equal opportunity employer. Sports betting has come to Maryland, and we're ready to help you win some money. Tune in for Simply the Bets every Tuesday morning at 1140. Fendel Sportsbook GM Leon Twyman and VEASAN's Aaron Oster join the guys every week to give you all of the info you need and offer you a few winners. And every other Thursday at 1140, tune in for Weekend at Bookies as Andrew Stecka and Alloy Sports Brad Cronthal help make you some money for the weekend. So come win some money with us on Simply the Bets every Tuesday and Weekend at Bookies every other Thursday. Brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Listen at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio. Watch at YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline. Experience the best in Kamado Grilling, a complete outdoor cooking appliance. The Ginsu Kamado Grill allows anyone to sear, grill, bake, and smoke all types of food. Designed for efficiency and function, the Ginsu Kamado Grill upholds the enduring legacy of the iconic Ginsu brand. The Ginsu Kamado Grill is perfect to cook all year round, is great for parties, and ideal for tailgating with your friends. Reserve your Ginsu Kamado Grill today at ginsugrills.com and get $100 off on your pre-order when you use the promo code tailgate that's ginsugrills.com reserve yours today join glenn at halftime of every ravens game for the project game day halftime show at facebook.com slash pressbox sports we apologize in advance 
there's not much we can do about his face. Always seems so inappropriate. Today's show brought to you by Glory Days Grill. The Oktoberfest menu is available at your neighborhood Glory Days Grill. GloryDaysGrill.com is the website for you to find out more and get your order in. The chicken schnitzel, the Bavarian burger on the pretzel bun, the brewer sausage platter, the brewer sausage sandwich, the slam dunk pretzels, and the cheddar ale soup. Oh, and my mouth waters just talking about all of it. GloryDaysGrill.com is the website for you to get your order in right now. Again, GloryDaysGrill.com is the website. All right, uh, two things. One from Dave. Dave says, doo, 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 sorry. Uh, Glenn, you were talking earlier about DJ Moore. I don't know if I'd be wanting to give up a first-round pick in order to get DJ Moore, but do you really think that's what it would cost? It feels like that's not been the price for wide receivers recently. Um, I don't know. Dave, I don't know. I, I don't have that answer. I would say that considering the Ravens, most teams would expect they're going to be picking late. I think that most teams would say, hey, you're, you know, your second-round pick isn't, isn't as valuable. And it might be a thing where you maybe have to give up first-round pick, but you get something back in exchange, that type of deal. I'd just be saying that if that's what it required, I'd be willing to do it. Like The, the Ravens need more special on the field. DJ Moore is special. Remember when Stefan Diggs was available for a first-round pick and everybody was like, eh, first-round I don't think we'll do that. And then remember how he literally, his arrival completely changed the, 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 the fortunes of the, the franchise that he went to? When you have the opportunity to get a special football player, I'm willing to pay the price to get a special football player. DJ Moore is a special football player. If that's what it takes because there is you know a competitive market, and the Panthers say, hey, we don't have to trade the guy. We're going to want to have a quarterback next year, and whoever that quarterback is needs somebody to throw the ball to. So we're not in a rush to give up on DJ Moore. If that's what it takes in order to pry him away, I'm definitely willing to do it. I don't know why there would be a debate about it. He, of course, uh, DJ Moore, was a former Terp. The uh, current Terps took one on the chin on Saturday. Heartbreaking fashion. Yes, some controversy involved. Let's find out what it means moving forward. Joining us now, you see him on the Big Ten Network. He is Mr. Howard Griffith, and he's back with us on GCR. Howard, it's Glenn in Baltimore. It's great to chat with you, man. Thank you for taking the time for us, as always. Hey, no problem. How are you doing today? Well, we're all right, but we need to know, why does the Big Ten hate us? What's going on with all that, Howard? The hell is happening? <laughs> The Michigan game, Wait. two interceptions that weren't even interceptions. Then we get this goofy thing on the extra point the other day where they're clearly offsides, and everybody with a brain can see it. But, well, I mean, what the hell is going on, man? Like, we we came, we brought you this new market, uh, two, two great markets for the Big Ten Network. Why does the conference hate us? I'm not so sure the conference hates you, but uh, are you okay. sure that it was obvious that he was off uh, that? still frame makes it look really bad, man. I get it. I, the, the video has been slowed down, and there's some debate about it. It's still – every time I see that still frame, I'm like, really? R really? See, wait, what? Yeah. I mean, the unfortunate part is there's no uh, – at least I have not seen it. There's no angle down the line. You know, that's ultimately what have told. But I, I tell you, he, the jump that he got was incredible. Uh, you just you just can't say for sure whether or not he was offside. At least I haven't seen anything that, that tells me definitively he was. So, I mean, it's a tough break. But, listen, this is a 
to me, that's a tough way to go down. But this is a, a Maryland team that, that that's really close. I, I think they're really close. They're doing a really good job over there. Just need to continue to um, stay the course. Um, I am in a weird place, right? Because I, as much as we we want to put it on officiating and this, you know, an eligible man downfield on a two point conversion, which seems egregious when it has nothing to do with it. Like, like as much as we want to talk about that, what really jumps out at me is the the Maryland forced three turnovers in the third quarter on Saturday, and yet was mm-hmm. un, unable to pull away. And that, to me, yeah. if you're going to be a team that's taking the next step, and I think that was the hope. And I always thought it was, you know, it was crazy to think this team could compete to say, like, win the Big Ten because the Big Ten's too good, and, and I just don't think they're there. But the idea of being a team that's taking that next step, I, I don't know how you can be that team and not be able to take advantage of three turnovers in a quarter to pull away from a team like Purdue that had absolutely zero ability to run the football on Saturday. Um, I, I am still, I'm, look, I am a Mike Loxley guy, and I'm a believer in the mm-hmm. direction and all of those things. But that part was particularly disappointing for me about this particular team. Yeah, and that's part of the process of being able to, you know, to do that, take that next step. You have to be able to close teams out when you're in a situation um, where you can take advantage of it. Because you're right, you know, this, this Purdue team, although the week before had a lot of success running the football, this is still a team that, you know, uh, is not going to be able to run it consistently. And the way uh, Maryland had been playing defensively, uh, you know, really at a high level, I think they should be able to take advantage of it. But, it, you know, that's part of the process. It, it really is. You know, I'm a Loxley guy, Coach Loxley guy myself, and, you know, I know he's doing all the right things. I just, you know, it's just a process of being able to get over the hump. And, you know, you want to see it happen. Everyone wants to see it happen a lot faster than normally it, it really does. He is Howard Griffith, Big Ten Network. He's with us here on GCR. Um, yeah, and I'm, and I'm with you, and we had visions of sugar plums dancing in our heads after Maryland beat Michigan State and competed with Michigan as we looked at the schedule and we said, oh, man, could you imagine if they, like, rolled off four straight wins and maybe, oh, mm-hmm. my God, what if they went and beat Penn State and, like, they only had one loss going into Ohio State. Maybe they could host college games. Like, we were really getting carried away for a, for a second at that point. I guess the big picture question to me, Howard, is what we saw on Saturday – does that does that leave you with concerns that maybe Maryland isn't ready to go be an eight nine win team, and that it was always more likely they're still going to be a six or seven win team again this season, or you know, hey, the fact that they competed against what we know is a pretty good Purdue team, and the fact they were right there, does that still make you say, hey, there's every reason why they should be able to handle this next stretch, starting with Indiana and even Wisconsin, and stockpile some wins right now to feel good going into the Penn State Ohio State back to back. Yes, and I, I absolutely feel good about where, where the team is. And this is really, you know, what's the frustrating part about, you know, college athletics and college football in, in general. You know, there, you're a few plays from changing the scenario uh, of your season, right? You're, you're, you make a play here, you make a play there. I play uh, – I'm a little older, but I played for Chuck Knox uh, mm-hmm. for a while. And he used to always talk about their five affordable plays in every game whether it's college or pros, high school as well, that can change the outcome of the game. And you go through and you can find those five affordable plays in in Maryland's game last week. And you can do it in every football game. And you have to be able to take advantage of it. Um, But this is still – listen, I still think this is a really good football team, obviously very talented, uh, gotten much better on the defensive side, playing to me still playing really well. 
they just have to be able to close teams out, and that's part of the process. Have to continue to, you know, eliminate penalties, take advantage of, of teams when they turn the football over. But this is what happens. When you keep trying to take that next step, there's always going to be new challenges that are going to be out there. And it's up to, you know, the, obviously the players have to go out and play. The, you know, the coaches call on the game plan, but the players have to be able to go out and execute those game plans uh, to the best of their ability so that they can, you know, change the outcome of those games. But I still feel good about this team. I, I really do. Uh, they can make the plays they need to. They just need to get it done uh, against some teams. That, you know, this Badger team looks a little different this past weekend than they have, but they were playing Northwestern. Uh, Graham Mertz looked like he was right. you know, the type of quarterback that we thought he was going to be two years ago, uh, but he's really struggled to turn the ball over. So how much of that was the Badgers? How much of that uh, was Northwestern's defense that we know is very leaky? Uh, Indiana, you know, that's a team that they should be able, you know, they have enough weapons when you look at Indiana versus uh, Maryland's offense that they should be able to put up some big numbers. Uh, but you better believe that Indiana's going to come in ready to fight. They just need to be able to make those adjustments uh, when they're going against that you know, team like Indiana because they're going to give you all they have. So it's going to take a tough fight, you know, to be able to close those guys out. Perhaps ironic that we're chatting with a fullback uh, today, Howard, because one of the things that jumped out at me on set, Maryland has been a good running team this season. They've been a really good running mm -hmm. team, and they're averaging more than five yards per carry, both Henby and, and Little John. They, they, they have found a good combo mm -hmm. of backs, um, and, we, you know, yeah. they have a mobile quarterback as well. The thing that really jumped out mm -hmm. to me was their inability to run the ball in short yardage situations, right? Like, that they just weren't able to do that. And I, I almost feel like it's become a bit of an epidemic almost throughout football, right? That, like, you get into these short yardage situations where you've, you're ahead of the sticks, you're doing everything right, and yet, like, you get there and nobody's able to run the ball any longer. What the hell's going on in this <laughs> sport where in, like, third and one, third and two, they, they almost have to become passing downs? It's not unique to Maryland, although it's frustrating, and it was very frustrating on Saturday. But why, why is it that not just Maryland, it seems like no one is able any longer to run in short yardage situations? Well, I'd say this. I'd say it's probably few and far between the, the, the teams that are, that are able to line up. But, you know, I, I, would, I would tell you, the, you know, Ohio State is a, a different caliber team. But when you start to look at some of the formations that they will get into in short yardage, they'll line up in two backs. And, you're, you're starting to see that a little bit. Michigan is starting to do a little bit of that where they're incorporating that into their game plan. Um, but it's still, you know, when you're, when you're playing a wide-open offense, uh, it, it, you still want to be able to get that offensive line, those tight ends, to be able to, you know, hold the point of attack. Um, and a lot of teams, you know, whether it's the way they call the game or the way that they're preparing for games, it's just a different situation. And the other side of it, too, is, a lot of people believe if you, if you line up in a, in a run-heavy set, right, then from a defensive standpoint, you're going to sell out versus the run and hope that your, your back end is going to be able to hold up and you don't get into a, a situation where they run play action and then they hit something big over the top. But I think it's a, it's a combination of things. I think it's a combination, like I said, of, of people not wanting to get in uh, to the uh, call it too tight, too back formation and, and try to just be physical at the point of a line and, at the line of scrimmage is just dominated. But I will say this, again, if you, if you look at even the program, when you look at the 49ers, they'll, they'll get in two backs mm -hmm. and, and punch mm -hmm. you in the mouth when they have an opportunity. Uh, and so you're seeing some teams do that. And I mentioned Ohio State, not from a personnel standpoint, because uh, we know what they have that way, but the way they are calling football games, 
Ohio State's going to be tough for anybody to beat because they can line up in a two-back. They can line up two-back, two tight ends in a tight formation and be physical with the line of scrimmage. But I think that's kind of where the evolution of football is starting to go back to because from a practice standpoint, you're not practicing that. You're not seeing that a lot in practice. Your defense isn't and your offense isn't doing that as well. So it's just a different style. Uh, uh, a football that people are starting to play, but if you had a personnel to do it, you know, you better be able to line up and, and punch people in the mouth. Penn State, for, for years, has had problems, you know, trying to, you know, run when they wanted to, but they've gotten much better at, the, at that as well. Uh, let me let me wrap with this if I could, Howard Griffith. I'd appreciate the time. Okay. Um, the the biggest difference right now for you, what Maryland needs to do, not specifically again as we look at these next three games. But if they can come through that and, again, be competitive, I think it's outrageous to suggest that they're going to be a team that can threaten Ohio State because it feels like it's outrageous to suggest that anyone can threaten Ohio State, maybe in the country at this point. Um, But to have a chance to not only win these next three games, to go into that Penn State-Ohio State, what's the biggest difference for you as far as them taking that next step and being a program that can win eight, nine, I don't know, threaten to get a bowl game that wins ten games this season? Yeah, I think a lot of where college football is right now is that you need to have a dynamic player at the quarterback spot, right? Now, they do. They have that. But I think what, you're, what you have to also start to see is that dynamic player at the quarterback spot, obviously you can be a great thrower, but you have to be able to affect the game in the run. You have to be able to pull it down and really stress defenses and to me, when you, when you start talking about the teams that are competing, you know, for the 14 playoff are competing to win that championship, you look at the quarterback spot, and that, that person there is a difference maker. And that's why I'm still really encouraged with where they are, because they have that guy that's a difference maker. I just probably would like to see him more involved in the run game. Okay. Uh, but as I say that, you're also putting your quarterback in harm's way. No doubt. And that's right. I, I think it's a sensitive subject around the, these parts. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. I, I, listen, I say the same thing about, I'm saying the same thing about Ohio state, right? I'm saying the same thing about Michigan with JJ McCarthy. They get, they've got to get him more involved in the run game. But again, I'm just an analyst and a fan of football. I'm not the one that's responsible for that team winning and losing. So, that's a very difficult situation to be in, particularly if you don't have a backup of that same caliber. Now, listen, most teams don't have, you know, a, a five-star backup or a four-star backup that, that really can come in and, you know, change the game. A lot of times now those guys are, are, are getting out of the program and going somewhere else to play. But that's, to me, the difference in, you know, being that elite team. Uh, you've got to have a guy that can, can change things. And, and listen, I, I know it's about the, the offense and the defensive line too, but when you have a quarterback that, that is dynamic, which Maryland has, that can affect uh, defenses, that can put defenses in conflict, you know, that becomes a dilemma. You know, how much do you run? How, how much do you, you know, allow him to, to have that ability to pull it down and go without, you know, obviously putting him in harm's way? Um, it is a tough. It's a tough thing. There's been so many quarterback over injuries over the years, and look, we already saw uh, Leah yeah. get banged up earlier this season in the Michigan game, yeah. right? Like, 
you, yeah, you just yeah. you get apprehensive about it. But I'm with you, and obviously here in Baltimore, I'm I want Lamar Jackson running as much as possible because he's very good at it. He's very yes, he's, very he's, good at it, and I don't know why we're afraid of that. Um, but you know, he's also good at throwing the ball, so like we like that too. Yeah, he can do it all. Yeah, he's we're a player. we're spoiled. We are very spoiled yeah. in these parts. Uh, <laughs> at Howard Griffith on uh, Twitter is how you give him a follow. Of course, Big Ten Network uh, all throughout the season. Howard, really appreciate you, man. Thank you so much. Taking in a couple of minutes for us. Hey, anytime. Take care. Enjoy the rest of the week. Appreciate it, man. Uh, you can right. see Howard uh, pregame on uh, Saturday. Of course, Maryland this Saturday, I believe, is on ESPN 2 for the Indiana game at 3.30. All right. Um, I, f- I just realized, I don't know, how, how do you deal with this? I'm wearing this fleece inside out. <laughs> are you? I swear to God, I went to, z- to like play with the zipper. Oh, my God. Yeah, you are. It's inside <laughs> It's inside out. So, ha- have you ever been in that situation? And and what do you? It what looks you, pretty cool. Does it? I think you're pulling it off. I like. <laughs> it's one of those things where like it's so, it's it's so plain that like it doesn't really yeah, like it's not it dramatic part of the, design. the way that it looks. Right. I mean, I've been sitting here for an hour and a half. Yeah, plus I, now and, and and didn't notice. Right. Like, I mean the now, the now, Under Armour around the collar. Yeah. Now it's kind of it's it's a yeah. giveaway, right? Like obviously once you started once you knew. You were like, oh, right. So when you're in these situations, what do you do? I think we call the show now and you go home. Just, it's over? Yeah, I think it's Because just, I'm embarrassed by this? I think it's that's not the end of the, the day. I've, I, I just wonder like, when, you, when you recognize that something's a bit amiss. I remember the morning after my bachelor party, I realized I was wearing somebody else's underpants. And I was like, well, this isn't great. It's not ideal. But I asked the guys. I'm like, hey, why am I wearing somebody else's underpants? And it wasn't a good explanation. But like... Basically, one of my buddies was like, yeah, you were pretty messed up, so we decided before we went out that we were going to give you a shower, and then we didn't know where your clothes were, so we just kind of gave you our clothes. And I was like, all right, I guess that's good enough. You know what I mean? Like, I was probably too drunk to be able to tell him, like, hey, I, I got to change clothes. It's downstairs in my backpack. Let's just go get that. My buddy gave me his gaiters. I'm not kidding. I was wearing gaiters out to the strip club at my bachelor party. Nice. I, I would tell I you mean, more about it, but I don't remember anything about it. <laughs> I remember nothing about it. But, like, you know, you do you do some reconnaissance. You're like, when you are on your own during the course of a day, maybe you're in class, Micah, and you just realize that, like, there's something wrong here. <laughs> do, you, do you act like you're pulling it off? Do you immediately, like, get up and be like, I, I should go to the bathroom. Like, I should... I should run and fix this immediately. I like, how do you go about handling it? Do you? I've always been. This is my second reference to uh, Eight Mile this morning. <laughs> I've always been the type to call out my own failures. Like immediately when I noticed it, I was like, I'm just gonna bring it up. Like I'm gonna make fun of myself because if I make fun of myself, it takes away any of the ammo of you making fun of me. Right? right? Like now I've already taken all the ammo out. So like, s- excuse yourself in the front of the class. I will be right back. I am wearing. Like, uh, like you guys, <laughs> you're not gonna believe it. I'm an idiot. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. I must. I got two different socks on today. That people do that all the time, right? Like now, I think people do it purposely. People yeah. wear two different shoes purposely now, right? Like that's a whole thing. Yeah. I don't get that. But in the past, I definitely would be wearing two different socks, and I'd look down. I'd be like, "Huh? I, I guess I was just tired this morning, and I just grabbed two different socks." So I've always been the type that when I notice it, I call myself out for it in front of everybody else. I don't know how everybody else is. I don't know if you guys do the same thing. I think, I, I think you got to keep trying. I think you got to try to pull it off. 
which I mean, you, I well, don't. I'm going think... to. I'm going to. I'm going to change. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's gonna. Happen. Well, I mean, but I, it, the I'm situation. Take, if you're in the, the middle break, of class, I'm going to take this off. I'm going to flip. I might just take it off. I don't think I need the fleece inside. If you're today, in the middle of not... class, I think you got to just roll with it. Like, just, just assume that you're pulling it off. That yeah. nobody's going to notice. Yeah. That it's this just is, a fashion, dude. This is what I meant point. to do today. Yeah, I really like the inside-out fleece. It's just, just that's, make it, make and it, it more becomes, obvious. Be like, and then it becomes who you are. And now you just have to start showing up to class every single day with your shirt inside uh, out. And Proctor points yeah. out that at my bachelor party, they could have. I, had, I was wearing a tennis skirt earlier in the day. <laughs> I don't remember how this all. I guess we started playing tennis and they had me wear a tennis skirt because they know I'm big into tennis. And then we went back and we were grilling and drinking and I don't know. I it all goes like a, all goes foggy after a little sounds while. Sounds like a good night to me. Well, except for the amount of money it cost me. <laughs> Other than that, well. it was a great night, but it, it was very costly for your boy. Very costly. It was a very expensive evening for your pal, Glenn. All right. Uh, I'm going to fix my uh, fleece, I guess. <laughs> I guess I'm going to do that. Then we'll come back in here, get a tidbit, get two bit to wrap up this portion of the show. Simply the Bets coming up this morning. Today's show also brought to you by the Tyus Bowser Show. I know I'm, I'm, it's very frustrating to me that we haven't been able to make an official announcement on the next Tyus Bowser Show. I promise you an announcement is coming. Um, we think we're going to be able to do a show next week. We're still trying to hammer that out. The, we, we, I, I'll, I'll tell you guys. We wanted to do it the following week. It's the week that they're playing on Thursday night. It's just not, And it's a road game. It's just not ideal for Tyus to do a show at night because they're going to be practicing longer during the day. It's just not it's not going to work. So we're trying for next week. I am at fault. I am unavailable on Tuesday. It's my fault. So the original date that we had for the show was next Tuesday night. I can't do it. I'm just not available. So like we figured maybe Micah could go out and do the show by himself. Or no, he could do the show with Rita, but then Rita was like, I'm away next Tuesday as well. So now it would just be poor Micah sitting there by himself with <laughs> Tyus and the guest and it, it's just a lot to ask someone. It's just, I, I think, a bit too much. So I'm working with Tyus. We're trying to get the date moved. We will have an announcement, I promise, in the coming days. Tyus Bowser shows a partnership of PressBox and Grade 8's memorabilia. It's brought to you by Maryland Vascular Specialist and the all-new Ginsu Kamado Grill. Experience the best in Kamado Grilling, a complete outdoor cooking appliance. The Ginsu Kamado Grill allows anyone to sear, grill, bake, and smoke all types of food. Designed for efficiency and function, the Ginsu Kamado Grill upholds the enduring legacy of the iconic Ginsu brand. The Ginsu Kamado Grill is perfect to cook all year round, is great for parties, and ideal for tailgating with your friends. Reserve your Ginsu Kamado Grill today at ginsugrills.com and get $100 off on your pre-order when you use the promo code tailgate that's ginsugrills.com reserve yours today stan the fan here welcoming back one of my favorite sponsors the costas inn and everybody around baltimore knows the costas inn is a great place to go and grab crabs steaks salads soups whatever's on your mind to eat in person but did you know that the costas inn has upped their game they are now one of the premier takeout places in baltimore give them a call now to order your food 410-477-477 1975. That's the Costas Inn, over 4100 North Point Boulevard. Make the most out of every day in your Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. 
see Olympic athletes in action as the nation's best horses and riders compete in one of the world's premier equestrian events at the Mars Maryland Five Star at Fair Hill, presented by Brown Academy, October 13th through 16th in Cecil County. Don't miss the breathtaking excitement of the dynamic cross-country competition or the elegance of dressage and precision of show jumping. There's also great shopping and activities, including a fresh food fest, corgi race, and a beer, wine, and spirits showcase. So come enjoy a beautiful fall day at the Mars Maryland Five Star at Fair Hill, presented by Brown Advisory, October 13th through 16th. Learn more and buy tickets at maryland5star.us. The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Bo Smolka profiles Ravens tight end Mark Andrews' path to NFL stardom from his late decision to play the sport full-time through having to overcome type 1 diabetes and more. Also, inside, we introduce you to football players at Maryland, Navy, Towson, and Morgan State. And we give you everything you need to know for betting football this season. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily cover of demos, ravens, and terps at PressBoxOnline.com. The Baltimore County Police Department is hiring. Entry-level officers start at close to $59,000 a year with a $10,000 bonus. Some restrictions apply. Plus a great retirement plan, medical, dental, and vision insurance, advancement to specialized units, tuition reimbursement, 15 sick days earned per calendar year, and even further incentives for military members and veterans. If you have a passion for service and want a career for life, visit JoinBaltimore.com countypd.com or call 410-887-5542. You must be a United States citizen, possess a valid driver's license, and have a high school diploma or GED equivalent. The Baltimore County Police Department is an equal opportunity employer. If you can't listen or watch live, you can subscribe to the show via Spotify, Amazon, or Apple Podcasts. Leave a five-star review while you're there. Or, if lying isn't your thing, we'll take a three-and-a-half-star review, too. Fixed it. We're good. Everything's everything's good now. Everybody, uh, long national nightmare is over. I uh, am appropriately. It, it looks so much better. It basically looks the exact <laughs> same. I mean, it really does look. Micah pointed that out. Like the stitching looks the exact same on the outside as it does on the inside. I I don't know. It looks the exact same, but it feels better. I, it feels right. I don't know why it is that this morning I put my uh, my fleece on inside out. It is what it is. All right, uh, today's show is winding down. We are going to turn things over to Simply the Bets coming up in just a minute. It's also been brought to you by your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals and new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. All right, we were unfair to Micah earlier. I set him up. I uh, I, I said, hey, you got to do our NHL preview, and he was completely unprepared. So I'm not going to do that again. Um, instead, it's uh, it's I am going to turn it over to Micah. Uh, MLS playoffs get underway this weekend. You give were me, just give me your full breakdown. Say Seattle Sounders, probably right. Yeah, Definitely. that's what I was going to say. I was leaning towards. Do you the know Seattle. that the Seattle Sounders are in the playoffs? Um, you could say that. Yeah. <laughs> Way to be on top of it. <laughs> appreciate, appreciate your help. Now I want to see if they are. Uh, I have no idea. I, I mean, they've been good in the past, so I guess they might be. I, who the hell knows? I have no clue. Is it looks like Zlatan Ibrahimovic? Is he no. still in the MLS? No, no he's not. So. No, so no. Yeah, he was a lot of fun. Yeah. He is a lot of fun. That guy, but uh, that uh, that was a short-lived experience. No, it doesn't look like the Sounders are alive. Ah, terrible choice. <laughs> Gonna cost you a lot of money when you take that bet. <laughs> the FanDuel Sportsbook. 
Let's get a tidbit. Tidbit is brought to you today by... Ooh, this one's brought to you by the Ginsu Kamado Grill. Again, you can see the Ginsu Kamado Grill in action all season long before Ravens home games. Stop in to the game day firehouse, 1202 Ridgely Street. Enjoy some delicious sausage off the Ginsu Kamado Grill. And while you're there... You can enter to win your own Ginsu Kamado ceramic grill and $500 worth of grilling meats. It's the perfect ceramic tailgate or home grill for searing, grilling, baking, and smoking all kinds of food. Get the details. Reserve yours today at GinsuGrills.com and use the code TAILGATE to get $100 off your order. All right, so last night, Travis Kelsey, four touchdowns in the air, uh, but only 25 yards. Yeah, it's that bomb. He yeah. sucks. It is the least amount of yards in a four-receiving touchdown game in the history of the NFL. That's not that surprising. Yeah. Breaking the previous record of... Do you want to try to guess who had the previous record? How would I know that? Yeah, I don't know. Well, he. I mean, he's he's still playing. He's right. still... Yeah, he is. Wait. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He Jimmy is. Graham? Not Jimmy Graham. Is it a tight end? No, it's, it's a, a wide it's receiver. A, yeah, it's a wide receiver. He's still playing, but yes. you had to think about whether or not yeah, he was still I'm playing. Pretty sure he's, yeah, he's definitely. I mean, he's definitely playing. Julia, he, not really, Julio. He really struggling. Correct last this. name though. Uh, who's another Jones? Uh, it's not Z- Marcus Jones. Marvin Jones. Marvin, Marvin Jones. Jones. Marvin, Marvin Jones. Jones had four. Oh, Marcus ten, Jones. Ten catches for ninety-three yards and four touchdowns in twenty nineteen. He also did it in 2013 for the Bengals. How about that? So he, I think he's the only one with two four-touchdown games. All right. Good for Marvin. Yeah. Um, you play with it's the, your cousin, yeah. Marvin. <laughs> Marvin Jones. Go ahead. The, the player with the most receiving yards in a four, four or more touchdown game was Cloyce Box. Ah, sure. That's Three. definitely a real name. 302 yards in December of 1950 against the Baltimore Colts. Ah, how about that? Yes. Well, who's Cloyce bo- bo- Box playing? The Brooklyn Bridegrooms? Uh, the, uh, who was it? Who nope, was he nope, playing for? Nope, nope, Too much. Just go. Just Detroit. Go. He was playing for the Detroit okay. Lions. Yeah. There you go. Um, and then, so then by, my question by, by the way, <laughs> the greatest moment in Detroit Lions history. <laughs> Without question. <laughs> there, are th- there are three players that have had five receiving touchdowns in a game. Um, so who, no, who are like they? You should, them, you, you should yeah. be able to get... One of them you'll get. The other one, I think, God, is good. The other one. You say, uh, you say I will. Yeah. Um, I feel like I remember it happening. Uh, yeah. You should. One of them. Jerry Rice. Yes. Okay. Jerry Rice in 1990. Okay. The other one happened uh, before you were born, but the other two happened. Oh, good. What, what are we doing here? Well, I just wanted to throw. Well, all right, so they they're interesting. They're I interesting. Don Maynard, not Don Maynard. I, I, I Don Hudson. I don't think, I think I, is what I, I meant to I'm say. Not I'm sure. Not. I'm not sure you can get this guy. I'm not sure. Okay. Like, like a, like if if he's very well known or not. Okay. He was on San Diego. He did it with the San Diego Chargers in 1981. Stallworth. No, no. he wasn't in San Diego. Uh, Kellen Winslow. Yes, Kellen Winslow. Okay. Good job. Good job. Well, and then the other one. A pretty. It's a Hall of Famer, bro. Okay. Well, All right. We're. All right. Well, those are the two uh, since the merger. Then there was another one in 1950, Bob Shaw, who also did it against. Uh, you know what? I appreciate the fact that you just decided I was giving up. But you know what? You, if the answer was Bob Shaw, it was the correct answer. Yeah, Bob, I was, and, Bob and Cloyce were yeah, going crazy. I mean, in the what, the, what the hell is so? This? Yeah, so in 1950, and also against that horrid Baltimore Colts secondary. Yeah, it's a He's rough year in 1950. Five, five receiving. Is 1950 the original Baltimore Colts? Colts? Because there were two different variations of the Baltimore Colts. The Baltimore Colts arrived and then left, and then the team that we knew as the Baltimore Colts came in, 
And I also I wonder if that was the original version. No, 50. I think it was before that. I think it was in the 40s, the original Baltimore Colts. I don't know. I don't have the time. I don't have the bandwidth for it right now because we got to do Simply the Bets. Yeah, I think you're right. Anyway, uh, tu- yep, that is- tubular. Yeah. We gotta. Mike is too tall. We got to deal with the fact that his feet are <laughs> everywhere. Sorry. He's too tall, this guy. Uh, tubular is brought to you by the fi- Maryland Five Star, which, again, is coming up this weekend. It is a world-class event. Come see Olympic athletes in action. The nation's best horses and riders competing in one of the world's premier equestrian events, the Mars Maryland Five Star at Fair Hill, presented by Brown Advisory, October 13th through 16th, right here in Cecil County. Uh, I mentioned earlier, baseball throughout the day today. Phillies-Rangers, game one at, uh, at 1 o'clock. Rangers, Suarez and Max Freed on Fox. Uh, Mariners-Astros, game one, 3.30 on TBS. Logan Gilbert and Justin Verlander. Then game one for the Guardians and Yankees at 7.30 on TBS. Cal Quantrill and Garrett Cole. Fox Sports 1 for game one between the Padres and Dodgers at 9.30. Mike Clevenger and Julio Urias. UMBC Soccer's at Delaware tonight at 7 on Flow Sports. The U.S. women play a friendly against Spain on ESPN2 at 2.30. Uh, CBS Sports Network. Uh, so today, uh, uh, Champions League action. The matches are all on Paramount+. Plus. The Golazo show is at 3 on CBS Sports Network. NHL season does indeed get underway. Thank you to Micah for the dynamic preview that he offered us earlier. ESPN for Lightning Rangers at 7. They make the team. They don't. Wait. So let me get this straight. The Avalanche won the Stanley Cup. And they're yeah. not playing the first night of the season. Good job, NHL. The hell is that? <laughs> like, wouldn't you want to put the Stanley Cup champions on television the first night of the season? They know they want them to repeat, so they, they want to give them extra rest before. Seems like uh, a weird bit, man. Their opening night, maybe. Seems like a really weird bit. <laughs> there might be a, this, a story here. Maybe they played like it. I believe at, this is the funny part. I think the season actually got officially yeah, underway. There was something there on was Saturday, right? I think there was an internet, like somewhere in Russia or somewhere, uh, like okay. Finland, I don't know, somewhere like that. Probably not Russia. Um, Finland, something like that. Some, I, Who knows? Maybe the Avalanche were involved with that. I don't. I genuinely don't. I'm sorry. I'm not. I believe you're probably tuning in elsewhere if you're looking for hockey yeah. expertise, so I'm not going to apologize too much. <laughs> Lightning Rangers, 730 Golden Knights Kings at 10 on ESPN. NBA TV for preseason hoops and the USA Network for WWE NXT tonight at 8. Some non-sports highlights. Uh, the big highlight is a 9, nine o'clock on HBO. Jeremy Lin documentary, 38 at the at the Garden. Interested? I'm No. Okay. <laughs> I'm just All being right. honest with you. All no. right. Sorry. Brendan Gleeson Sorry. and Colin Farrell on uh, Seth Meyers. Uh, I watched SNL. It was fine. I didn't like. I didn't know anything about Brandon Gleeson. Like then I was reminded he was a guy from In Bruges. I was like, oh okay. Like it, it was fine and and fine is all I can say. Yeah. It it didn't make me suddenly a huge Brendan Gleeson guy. Yeah. Well, they're I guess they are doing a movie together. Yeah, the Banshees of Inertion. They're like friends. Sure. And then Brendan Gleeson's like, I can't be friends with you anymore, Colin Farrell. And then that's the premise of the movie. Okay. <laughs> I'm sure it's <laughs> phenomenal. I'm sure it's wonderful. That's it? Yeah, that's right, the, that is it. Micah, you're on uh, uh, Instagram, at Micah.Ernest. Follow uh, him there. Uh, thanks today to Howard Griffith. Thanks also to Joe Serpico, as well as Jeff Newman, the uh, CEO of the Maryland Five Star. And former Terp Al Wallace will get all of it up in the Greatest Hits section of the Arch. tab at glennclarkradio.com. Anything tomorrow? True Forrester. Oh, my. We got to... We got to get going. We got work to do. It's a rough rough scene, a rough scene around these parts. All right. Thanks to everybody at Pressbox, all of our great sponsors and partners, including 
Maryland, uh, Baltimore County Police Department, Glory Days Grill, Royal Farms, Casa Sin, Maryland Five Star, Guilford Hall Brewery, Great Eights Memorabilia, the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland, Maryland Vascular Specialist, the all-new Ginsu Kamado Grill, the Baltimore Orioles, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Griffin. Follow him on Twitter and at Griffin underscore Bass. Follow us, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great Tuesday night. Uh, go whoever's playing the Yankees. Cleveland, go Cleveland. Duke sucks. Ohio State sucks too. If you are with us on audio, do nothing. If you're with us on video, give us a minute. Go back to where you started. Hit refresh. Simply the Bets is coming up next. Welcome in to Simply the Bets, presented by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland. Glenn Clark, Griffin, MC Ernest is hanging around. He's going to give us another dynamite hockey preview here in a second. Coming up in just a minute, we'll head out to Vegas. Aaron Oster from VEASAN will join us, give us his five L's for sports betting this week. Later on in the show, we will go to the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. We will talk with our buddy Leon Twyman. That is all coming up. Uh, there is a big fight this weekend as well as it's always – the FanDuel Sportsbook is always the best place to be to watch and bet on football. But there is a huge fight this weekend too. Deontay Wilder is in action. It's pay-per-view fight. So your options, you order the fight at home, you sit around, you watch it there, it's going to cost you money, and you're going to not be able to bet because sports betting is still not legal on your phone or your computer yet in the state of Maryland. It's what it is. Hopefully coming soon. It's just going to be a big loss for you. Or you can pay nothing, go watch the fight in the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland, and bet on the fight, and win money, and come out on top. Now, I am not good at math. I was to understand there would be no math. But if I'm losing money over here and winning money over here, I don't know. I feel like maybe I should go to the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel and watch the fight this Saturday as uh, Deontay Wilder gets back in action. But that's just me. Perhaps you're a big fan of pissing away money. And if you are, I don't want to step in and be the one that ruins your week. All right? You do you, boo. All right, you you go ahead. Is that what the kids say? You do you, boo? Is that a thing? All right, whatever. We'll just move on. Uh, joining us now from out in Vegas, he is our friend Aaron Oster from Vison. What's going on, buddy? How are you? I'm doing pretty well. You do you, boo, huh? You do you, do you boo. I feel like I've heard that, right? Isn't that a thing? Am I crazy? Yeah. All right, whatever. Maybe. Shut up. Maybe. Shut up, all of you. You've all pissed me off, all right? Shut up. 
Uh, Aaron's going to give us his five L's. Let's take a look back on how his five L's went last week. Um, he loved the Bengals plus three against the Ravens and squeaked it out, squeaked out a cover, 1917. He got that mm-hmm. one. Uh, he, he, by a game, by the hair of his, his uh, chinny-chin-chin, was technically right about Aaron Judge. He said not to bet Aaron Judge in the afternoon right. game at plus 215 to hit a home run. Yep. And technically that They're is correct because he did not hit a home run in the afternoon game. He hit number 62 in the night game last Tuesday. So technically he was right about that when I understood the point that he was trying to make. Um, he did also <clears throat> he did also uh, kind of toss out the, the, uh, the Dolphins minus three and a half against the Jets. And, you know. I didn't. I didn't know everyone was going to get hurt, but you know. yeah, it's what, it's it's kind of it's kind of what it is. Um, it was uh, it was pointed out by Griffin that it is looking good that you're a Panthers under five and a half wins. It's definitely looking better and better by the day. <laughs> definitely looking yeah, better. Yeah, looking and better okay by the day. Long way to go. Obviously, long way to go, but it is looking better. Uh, all right, let's get into this week's five L's, a bet that uh, Aaron, uh, if, a local bet, a long-term, a long shot, a lovable, and a loser bet. We begin locally. What are you thinking about this week? You know, I did actually think about going off of the NFL game and going to do Maryland or another one, but I, just, I don't like the spreads in any of the local colleges, so I will uh, stick with the Ravens on this one. And uh, I, I am tempted to take the spread in this game. Giants not faced anyone. I was even questioning how the good Packers were coming into that game, obviously London. But um, instead of playing the spread, I will just go with the idea that the Giants defense will have trouble stopping the Ravens offense. And there's two ways to play this. One would be playing the team total, which is 24 and a half. Um, it, that's not a bad play. I do think there is a better play, though. They have the team total touchdowns for the Ravens set at two and a half. I do think the Ravens score three touchdowns. This one, who knows? Maybe Mark Andrews will pull pull a Travis Kelsey and score four touchdowns on his own. Who knows? (laughs) You know, that that could even happen. Uh, It's minus 140 on the over. I do think they get at least three touchdowns. The only reason I'm not playing the team total is 24. It does seem like a pretty nice number there. So I will take the over two and a half touchdowns for the Ravens at minus 140. All right. Over. I don't even know where to find. Oh, oh, total touchdowns Ravens. Yep. Uh, uh, oh, it's down to minus 150. I'm so sorry to have to tell you that. Yeah. Um, but you're still okay. going to play it. I'll take it there. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Over two and a half touchdowns for the Ravens. I probably agree with you. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't know what to make of the fact that they got bogged down a few times this past week. And, you know, like I, I think the Bengals' defense is okay, but I don't think it's particularly good. Um, I think the real question right now is, is Rashad Bateman back? If he is, mm-hmm. then, I, then I think I really like over. If he's not, I still think they've got a problem just because, you know, they're lining up Griffin and, and Micah at wide receiver for the most part at this point. I mean, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's, a, it's a rough look. So. It, it, it's more of a kind of fade. I, I think the Giants are getting a little overinflated here by beating some bad teams. I, I mean, the, but the Packers aren't a bad team, dog. <laughs> like, I... I, I understand that we've just sort of decided we don't think the, the the Giants can be this, and I'm not ready to tell you that I think that they can, like, hang in for the entirety of the season, but at some point, like, their record matters, and at some point, the fact that it, like, they they beat the Titans, they beat the Packers, like, they're not just beating bad teams, they're beating good teams, too, like, at, at some I'm in a weird place with the Giants where, like, I'm 
probably with you, but at the same time, at some point we have to acknowledge they're actually at, doing something. At some something. point, yes. Yes. And and this game, by the way, will go a long way. If they, if they keep it close, if they, you know, are able to slow down the Ravens, you know, if they can hold the Ravens to, you know, two touchdowns to 20 points, even if they lose 20-17, all of a sudden they say, okay, there, right. there's something here. Right. You know what's weird? So I, I think this is a big game for that. I tell, yeah. you what, I tell you what's weird to me, Aaron, is I I look at this team. I, I, before the season, I was talking to my buddy, um, Leon Twyman, the general manager of the FanDuel Sportsbook, and I said, at what point do the books shift from what we thought you were to what you are? And he said, mm-hmm. up to four weeks, right? Like... That it could go up to yep. four weeks before we start shifting from what we believe a team was going to be going into the season to acknowledging, hey, this team has proven to be something else. It's interesting to me that we're now in week six and there is still so much disrespect. And I, I, I don't care, right? Like, I'm not a Giants fan. That doesn't mean anything to me. Sure. But for a team that's four and one coming off of beating the Packers on Sunday to be a Mm -hmm. five point home dog is a little over the top to me, like against a a Ravens team. It's been, you know, hit or miss this season. So Mm -hmm. there's a part of me that like sheer numbers wise says, you just got to play the points here. Like the giants have been too good. Like there's a part of me that just says this, this line isn't right. This still feels like we're clinging to what we thought a team was supposed to be versus what a team actually is. And I I don't know, man, I just, something about this number is, is really off to me. You know, I, I think it's largely, you know, it's kind of what I was saying is that between, you know, I do think there are questions like you, you say the Packers are good. I do think there's questions about exactly how we're there, but also London. I think London, you kind of, you don't throw the game out, but you acknowledge weird stuff always happens in London. And so they're looking for that game where it's like, okay, what is the game that we're pointing to that says the Giants are definitively good? And I think that's why this week is so important. And I think both, honestly, the projections going forward for both the Ravens and the Giants. Both of them, as you said, the Ravens aren't, you know, world beaters either. Right. And if they don't cover here, if they lose here, I do think that the projections suddenly shift dramatically on the Ravens and in turn shift dramatically on the Giants. That's interesting. But I think this is actually a really interesting game going forward for the projections on both teams. All right. Let's talk about a long-term bet. Uh, what do you like when you look at the futures markets? I was actually kind of struggling with this one, but I did find one that I do kind of like. Um, I actually almost put this into my loser, but I have another one as my loser. Um, for some reason, Saquon Barkley is a prohibitive favorite to win comeback player of the year right now at minus 200. And I get it. He's having a good, great season. He's coming off those injuries. But I, don't, I honestly don't understand anybody being a prohibitive favorite for an award like that after week five. Obviously, injuries, gonna, like anything can happen, but especially an injury, especially, you know, things can just turn around. And in a narrative-driven market, I think it's crazy that anyone's a prohibitive. And when I say prohibitive, I mean a minus favorite in the futures market. So over a 50% chance or an odds-on favorite. Um, so I actually like the person who's the second favorite right now. Yeah. Because he's basically, after every single game, doing a campaign for why he's going to win comeback player because he's being asked about it. Geno Smith right now is plus 600. And literally after every game, 
he's being asked, what's, you know, what's creating this comeback? And he's, he's answering, there is no comeback. I'm still great. But again, he's just being brought up over and over and over again. And again, it's a narrative of an award. So when you are literally talking about a comeback after every game, when that's part of the press conference, when that's part of every article, when that's part of these stats coming up about how he's, you know, number one in QBR and all these other things, obviously he's not going to continue this, but if he continues being a decent quarterback with this sort of narrative, I actually really like Geno Smith at plus 600 to win comeback player. I, I hear you. Like, I hear you. I would still say that it's more likely that Saquon Barkley can be Saquon Barkley for the rest of the season than that Geno Smith can be whatever this is. And if those two things happen, then Saquon Barkley is going to win. But, you know, who knows? He could get hurt again next week. But minus 200 versus I get get why you don't like the eye. I get why it's too early in the season for somebody to be that significant of a favorite. Um, I don't know. I, I, I get it. I am still struggling with accepting that anything about this is real. Um, like this is where I'm going to do to Geno Smith what I just said. I can't believe people are doing to the Giants, right? Right. Um, exactly. I am. Geno Smith was never good. Like it's one thing for a guy that was good that went through some difficult circumstances to like come out on the other side and remind you that he's good again. Geno Smith was never any good. There was never a mm-hmm. good version of Geno Smith. There, we're not seeing something that like, hey, it's a throwback. Like, this is completely different than anything we've ever seen. But doesn't seen. that make it an even more fun story to it, latch it, onto? It potentially makes it a more fun story. I'm not going to disagree with that. The The obvious question is, you know, it, a week ago he was playing the Lions. The week before it was the Falcons. Like, is it just that he's playing the right combination of defenses to have put up electric numbers for three weeks and that, you know, in the next, in the coming weeks that might change? Well, you know, the Cardinals this week, will it change against them? I don't know. The Chargers, it's certainly not their defense that's been what's gotten them by. Like, there's maybe there is a chance that this thing can continue. I don't know, but uh, I'm I'm so reluctant to buy into it. Still, like I'm still reluctant to buy into it. The, although the I might. Question. Yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say the question is: Does it need to continue like this, or can it just continue to? Right. Extent? If he can like, just if be. He is right. an NFL like a solid NFL starter. He obviously doesn't need to be. If he's this then he's going to win in a runaway because he's doing this. Well, and, uh, unless Saquon Barkley continues to be this. Like, like that. You're, to your point, yes. In, I mean, if he's literally the number one quarterback, he's winning. Well, but we're like, saying that we don't think that that's going to happen, right? Like, what we're saying is right, if, if... Right, No, I know. If, if he plays well and Saquon yeah. Barkley takes even a step backwards, then yes, then Geno Smith would be in good shape. But if Saquon Barkley continues to look like this, like... He's gonna be the guy in part because he's doing it in New York, and you know how that works. Like, what happens in New York is more significant than what happens in Seattle. You're on the West Coast now, ish. Like, you understand how this works. The things that go on in yeah. New York are going to matter eternally more than anything that happens in Seattle. And there's also the part like, will one of these teams hang on? If the Giants hang on and are competitive for a playoff spot, and the Seahawks are, sure. you know, a six-win team, then that's also going to make a difference in this thing. Um, Absolutely. We'll we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Um, all right. Next, give me your uh, your underdog. Give me your long shot that you like this week. This might be one of the. It probably is the biggest long shot I've given out odds wise, and it's going to be something that you dismiss immediately. Oh, I can't wait. The odds, I love these. I know. Don't don't you love these? Yeah. But the odds are just too good, and I think it's too interesting, and I want to talk about it. Um, and in the MVP market right now, Josh Allen is the favorite, of 
court because, of course, he's the favorite. And Jalen Hurts is up there because, of course, he is there. There's one team playing very well that's playing very well because of exactly one person, and that one person is 200 to 1 to an MVP. And that's Micah Parsons. Shut Get out. Get, get see, out. I, see? I, I, I understand. By, I, by I the understand. way, I, I, I think – I, here's what I would say. I absolutely understand why it's worth pointing it out, but get the F out. <laughs> get the F out on putting I, I, putting I, dollars I, on it, even putting one dollar on it. Come on. Oh man, it's just it feels like one of those bets that you can put five dollars on, put ten dollars on, and have a fun ride with it. Because let's say that the Cowboys do beat the Eagles this week. It's reasonable. It's it's absolutely not unreasonable that the Cowboys could win this week. Sure. Let's say they compete for the division. And, look, Micah Parsons is probably almost certainly going to win Defensive Player of the Year. And I do think more and more you're getting this buzz about, kind of, let's get this off of a quarterback-only MVP market. And and I, I'm, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but yeah. there is going to be a narrative about that if the Cowboys can continue doing what they're doing. Again, that that's a big if on its own. Yeah, and it will be all because of Micah Parsons, and it'll just be kind of a fun ticket to have that maybe you can sell on prop swap. Maybe you can you know do something fun with hedging once you have that bet. I just think it's worth talking about at 200 to 1. Okay, I understand your argument, and and I think it's actually sound, right? Which is, like, if the Cowboys somehow end up winning 14 games this season, he is their MVP candidate, like, singularly. I think eternally your problem is going to be not just that you're up against potential quarterbacks, but specifically quarterbacks who have never won MVP before. I would think that if it was Mahomes and Lamar at the end of the year that were the candidates, you could make a stronger argument. But Josh Allen's never been an NFL MVP and has been anointed as like the chosen one throughout the league, and that is a really mm-hmm. difficult thing to overcome for anyone else. And then Jalen Hurts has never been MVP. If the Eagles end up having, like, I, I just don't see the path for it in any in in a way for him to get there. Now, to your point of, it's a fun ride to take, and there are things that you can do with that bet. Like as the season goes on, okay, I'm listening, right? Like, I'm I'm listening to the argument of put down five bucks on it and let's just see what happens. I'm listening. In any chance of it actually happening, no, 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 no. All right, he's Aaron Oster from Visa out in Vegas. Uh, let's uh, get to the other side. Give me the one that you say, whatever you do, do not make this bet. This bet is a loser. This is a weird loser, I'm thinking, because I'm going to talk a little bit more about a concept than a specific bet, even though it's triggered by a specific bet. Right now, the Buffalo Bills are laying three points in Kansas City. And that really made my eyebrows raise. Not because in the one specific game I think it's wrong, but what that basically says is the Buffalo Bills are six points better than every other team in football because the chiefs are at worst the third best but by the way it's, it's uh, just, like just, just quickly it's down to two and a half just wanted you to know okay it did, either way five and a half six it's it's in the same concept but that is interesting that tick down because it mm-hmm. was three about a half hour ago um i like the bills i think they're the best team in football i really hesitate to say that they are that much better than every other team in football and by the way if they are that all of these other markets are probably wrong because they should be odds-on favorites to win the AFC, to win the Super Bowl, and everything else. 
And so I'm going to say that my loser is the Bills winning this game, even though I think they could. But it's more that are we too high on the Bills? Is the market too high on the Bills right now mm. as my loser? Okay, I hate, I hate this because I absolutely think the Bills could go in and win and the number's not big enough for me to be scared off of it. And the other thing, I understand the argument that you're making about the Bills on the whole, but I think you're also like thinking about that. Like The question is, where are they in week six? And... You know, the Chiefs just did everything in their power to lose to the Raiders at home last night, right? Whereas the Bills have looked pretty consistent and pretty electric. So I actually get this line. Comparing it to the Super Bowl lines, I think with you have plenty of room in there to acknowledge that a lot of things can happen during the course of a season and that when one team has Patrick Mahomes, you believe that team can sort of figure things out a little bit more as the season goes on versus at the moment just acknowledging where the two teams are. I've got no – like, I don't know what the Bills should – like. You think they should only be a point favorites right now? I, I don't. I don't. I. This to me is exactly if they were. If it was over three. If they were three and a half point favorites, I would say yeah, that's a bit much. But to say that they're a field goal favorite, like that's about right to me right now for the Bills, and specifically given a Chiefs team that's been a little off and appears to be crazy. Crazy thought a bit impacted by the fact that they went to the bargain bin at the wide receiver position this year. Look, I, the Chiefs are not the Chiefs, and that, that's certainly true. It's that it's the you know prime time in Kansas City, arguably the biggest home field advantage in sports at a time when, or not in sports, but in uh, at the NFL at a time when they are absolutely discounting home field advantage. Again, the it's not a it's not a prime a it's not a prime time, correct? It's a it's a late. Oh, you're afternoon. right. It's not a prime. You're 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 right. Late yeah. after it, it's the the America's game of the week. Right. Or whatever they're calling it uh, in that time slot. Yes, it's the big CBS game. Yes, correct. Yeah, the uh, the standalone game. It's just it's fascinating to me just because of the implications of it more than anything else. And it's something that you may want to uh, bring up uh, a little later on. Just find out exactly how those uh, teams are being power ranked because I think it's a fascinating discussion there. That's interesting. All right, and give me the one you love. Give me the one you say this one absolutely race there, get there, maybe go there three times this week and make this bet. You know, this is the one I really loved when it dropped uh, Sunday evening, and I played it then. It's moved a point and a half, so I don't love it quite as much, but I still think it's good. Um, the Colts are minus two and a half at home against the Jaguars. Colts might be getting Leonard back. They might be getting Jonathan Taylor back. And as much as the you know the Jaguars were kind of fun in the first few weeks, oh boy, you know uh, that that game on Sunday really scared me off. Like I said, it opened at Colts minus one. I jumped on it then. I really loved it then. Now minus two and a half. Don't love it quite as much, but love it enough to give it out here. So give me Colts minus two and a half. I don't, hate, I don't hate that one quite as much. That one I'm probably in agreement with. It. I mean, particularly like if they get Taylor back, they they I still remember how bad they looked on Thursday night, and I'm like, oh yeah. That, I mean, that oh, is yeah. the, that is the tricky part about this is like I. How do you? How does? How does Shaq Leonard or Jonathan Taylor fix the fact that Matt Ryan is now pushing the ball, like can't throw the ball down? You run the ball fifty times. I, 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 I mean, maybe that might be the answer, but at some point, Matt Ryan has to throw the football. And the dude that I, I, I whatever I saw on Thursday night, I know that there's been talk about him being injured, but like, bro, he's pushing the ball. He can't just mm-hmm. make a throw. It's bad. It's like watching a college team where you just know. I can't remember who I was watching. Oh, it was the Texas A&M. Whoever was playing quarterback for Texas A&M on Saturday night, we were like, 
oh, this guy can't throw the ball downfield. Like, it's just not an option. You can't, you, you got to take it out of your playbook. You you can only do so many things. That's what I felt watching Matt Ryan. And that is the tricky part about it. All right, at the Aoster on Twitter is how you can follow him. And remind everybody what's going on at Vison. Uh, our NBA guide is dropping today, so you can check that out and get it and subscribe to all the other stuff Vison has to offer at vison.com. Keegan Murray for Rookie of the Year. That's my that's my bold, that's my uh, futures like bet that I'm making this year. Keegan Murray, Summer League MVP. Man is a bucket. I'm taking Keegan Murray. All right, buddy. Appreciate yeah, I, you. I'm actually tempted yeah? uh, Zion for MVP. is kind of one hey, of my things I'm looking at. I know he looks good. I... I'm not. I'm not doing that. <laughs> All right, buddy. Uh, talk Fair to enough. you next Tuesday. Thanks, pal. All right, talk to you later. That's Aaron Oster from Veasan out in Vegas. When we come back in, we will head to the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. We'll talk more about some of these things with Leon Twyman, their general manager. That's next. It's simply the bets. The Baltimore County Police Department is hiring. Entry-level officers start at close to $59,000 a year with a $10,000 bonus. Some restrictions apply. Plus a great retirement plan, medical, dental, and vision insurance, advancement to specialized units, tuition reimbursement, 15 sick days earned per calendar year, and even further incentives for military members and veterans. If you have a passion for service and want a career for life, visit JoinBaltimoreCountyPD.com or call 410-887-5542. You must be a United States citizen, possess a valid driver's license, and have a high school diploma or GED equivalent. The Baltimore County Police Department is an equal opportunity employer. Come experience Maryland's number one sportsbook this NFL season at the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel, the ultimate place for any sports enthusiast. Take advantage of our 24-7 kiosks, massive video screens, and watch all the action from the best seat in the house. With more money paid out than anyone around, make every moment more at the new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgamblinghelp.org. Glory Days Grill's Oktoberfest menu is now running. It's one of their most popular seasonal menus all year. It features the chicken schnitzel, the Oktoberfest brewer's platter, the brewer's sausage sandwich, the Bavarian burger with a pretzel bun, the cheddar ale soup, the slam dunk pretzels, and the apple cobbler. All of these meals pair well with Oktoberfest beers and Angry Orchard on draft. Dine in or order online at glorydaysgrill.com and pick up your favorites to take home. Glory Days Grill, great food, good sports. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Have you been to Guilford Hall Brewery? Located in Baltimore's Station North neighborhood, Guilford Hall Brewery breaks the craft brew mold with their great handcrafted microbrews and amazing Bavarian-style food selections. Join Guilford Hall seven days a week for Orioles, Ravens, and all of your favorite college games. Make plans now to watch the big games, play trivia, or bring your dog for yappy hour. They even have free valet service on Friday and Saturday nights. Go to guilfordhall.com for a complete schedule of events, beer listings, and food and drink specials. We'll see you at Guilford Hall Brewery. Tune in to Simply the Bets every Tuesday and weekend at Bookies every other Thursday at 11.40 a.m. And if you really have nothing better to do, keep listening to this show too.
Um, yeah, back in here on Simply the Bets, which is brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland, where we're going to head in just a second in order to find out what's going on this week. As always, it's the best place to watch and bet on every football game all season long. And if you want to reserve your reclining chair or chairs for your you and your group, you want to reserve a table, what you need to do is email events at sportssocialmd.com in order to get your spot. Leon Twyman is the general manager of the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland, and he's with us now here on Simply the Bets. Leon, what's going on, man? How are you? Hey, I'm good. How are you? I'm all right. How was the week for the book? Uh, it was actually a really good week for us. Oh, today. yeah? What uh, what turned uh, things for you guys? Uh, <laughs> it's the Ravens again, know, isn't it? People, Everybody, bet, everybody the, bet the Ravens minus three, and they only won by two. It is definitely the Ravens. It is definitely the Ravens. Man. So, Ravens and also the Commanders. So, we, we get heavy bets on both. Who's betting on the Commanders at this point? Like, I got to feel like even Commanders fans would probably be smart enough to not be betting on the Commanders at this point. Yeah, it's it's insane. <laughs> it's not something I would recommend. Like I can understand people like, if Ravens fans are going in there and betting on the Ravens to cover three against the Bengals. I get that. Like again, they they missed by a point. Like it's not like it was a they were way off. But if you're a Commanders fan, you more than anyone else on the face of the planet should probably know better than to put your hard-earned American dollars in the hands of of Carson Wentz and Ron Rivera. That just seems like you are burning money. Oh, exactly. Well, I agree 100%. But, you, but you're okay <laughs> with them continuing to do it because it's good news for the book. It, it's good for us. It, it is, is good for us. It is good news of the book. All right, a uh, couple of questions that I had for you this week. One, um, something we were talking about earlier. At the beginning of the season, I remember asking you, like, hey, when do we start to see lines shift from what we thought a team would be going into the season to what a team has proven to be. And I remember you telling me then, probably around week four, we're now into week six. The New York Giants are 4-1 and one on the season. They're playing at home, coming off a win over the Packers in a season where they've already beaten the Titans. It's not like they've been just beating bad teams. And the Ravens have been kind of uneven this season at 3-2. and two. They didn't cover last week. And yet the Ravens are five-point favorites on the road. Are you surprised that we're still not adjusting yet? Like that there's still a reluctance to buy into what teams, specific teams are doing this season? Yeah, so, you know, Ravens are just, just one of those teams where people kind of just believe in them. Okay. Uh, the Giants. I don't think anyone's ever believed in the Giants. That is fair. I understand that. That is fair. But it's, you know, like, I, it, look, I'm reluctant. I'm not definitely – it's funny. I was joking before the season. This is a straight shoot. I jokingly said that my pick to win the NFC East was the Giants, but I was saying I was picking them to win the NFC East at 8-9, and nine, right? Like, it was a joke. Obviously, the, the NFC East is much better than anybody thought it was going to be. That's very clear at this point. But, like, I just – I'm wondering at some point when you have to say, hey, look – we don't. We didn't want to believe in it, but Jesus, they're they're four and one, with wins over the yep, Packers and yeah. the Titans. Like, they're as as confusing as it might be, they are legitimate, aren't they? They they are. I agree. Um, it's just obviously you know with Dallas being in the same 
uh, division, I, I'll never believe in them. <laughs> I hear you. I, I understand that. By the way, what makes this really interesting is like, what would this line have been if the Giants had lost those two games, the Titans and Packers? Like, would the Ravens be 10 point favorites on the road at this point? That's what I was thinking. That I was is, thinking 10. That is crazy to me, man. Like, that is nuts. Um, okay, what what were uh, big winners this week? What uh, what jumped out at you? Um, so we had a um, we had someone drop fifty thousand on the Bengals, but they teased the line. It was they got them up to plus seven and a half. So that only paid out. I say only, but it's still a lot to me. Uh, that only paid out twenty thousand. So oh, oh. <laughs> they risked risked fifty to win twenty. <laughs> it seems like a decent day. It seems like an okay way to spend your day. Uh, so there was that, and then we had a couple big parlays. Um, I believe we had a two-teamer, uh, seven thousand to pay out almost thirty thousand. Okay, that was another one that stood out to me as well. It seems like again a decent, a decent little. Although again, you got to put out seven thousand dollars in order to do that. And that only makes me wonder about how many seven thousand dollar parlays didn't come through that you guys saw come in this weekend. So last week I told you that someone had that Bears Giants um, correct score. Yes. So it ended up being the same person from the week prior. <laughs> no. No. Yes. What? Insane. He came in and claimed it, and I'm like, "What is going on? This is two weeks Some in a row." Some <laughs> sorcery, dude. Some serious sorcery going on. Um, Leanne, if I uh, if I texted you later, was there any chance you'd be willing to pass along this person's information to me for uh, because I want to interview them on the show and not de- definitely not because I'm hoping that they can give me lottery numbers for this week because I am convinced that they <laughs> they understand dark magic of some sort. Holy crap! Um, did you notice any particularly heartbreaking losses over the course of the weekend? I we took a lot of uh, a lot of five figure bets uh, that lost, so Ooh. it was it was rough for a lot of people. Um, we had a, uh, we had a 15,000 someone had on, um, Baltimore to win. Mm. We had another mm. 13,000 on Baltimore to win 10,000 on Baltimore to win mm. 10,000 on the commanders to win. <laughs> mm. Just seems really, again, I can understand all the Baltimore ones, the commanders one. You're just not going to get me to understand that at whatsoever. They will never be a day. <laughs> Where that will make sense to me, uh, he's Leon Twyman. Uh, yeah, it, it's wild. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, that is really silly. He's Leon Twyman, general manager of the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland. Uh, my buddy Aaron Oster from out in Vegas w- wanted to know about this. So, the Chiefs are the Chiefs, right? Like they're very good. They have Patrick Mahomes, and right. yet this week the Chiefs, and it was started at three. It's now down to two and a half. Are two and a half point dogs to the Bills? And traditionally, we've said that being at home should give you a three-point advantage. So that smells like we're saying that on a you know a neutral field, the Bills would be touchdown favorites against the Chiefs. And as good as the Bills are, that feels a bit dramatic. So I guess I, I, my question for you is, what have you noticed as far as the value of home field? Like, is it still the three points that we always thought it would be? We knew during the pandemic that number was probably a little bit different with no crowds. But do we still think that it's about three points for being at home? And are we really at a place where we think the Bills would be legitimately like a touchdown favorite over over or anybody should be a touchdown favorite over the Chiefs in a neutral field game? So I, I do agree that it's 
still probably around three points. Okay. That game, to me, that's going to be an interesting game. I, I see us between that game and the Dallas and Phillies game. I think those are two going to be the top two games that we get the most money on this week. Yeah. Uh, I, and personally, I, I see more people going on, on Kansas City. Sure, you get the opportunity to get the. You're getting points on the Kansas City Chiefs at home. Like it feels like, you know, you're getting a unicorn, right? <laughs> like yeah, you're. Exactly. How many times do you get the opportunity? And by the way, these teams just played each other in Kansas City last year, and I don't know if everybody remembers, but the Chiefs won. So, like, I mean, the playoffs anyway. Um, I don't know, man. That is that is it's weird. Although I get it, the Bills are are they they look like monsters at the moment. They're good. <laughs> There's no doubt. Uh, big fight on Saturday night. Deontay Wilder back in action. Can I assume you guys are going to have it uh, there in the FanDuel Sportsbook? Yes, we will have that fight, and it will be pretty crazy in here. So definitely book seats. Um, book one of the bet pads. Do what you can. Um, also, we have a lot of new features as well. So uh, we'll okay. over that. You want to, you want to tell me about? And obviously, we've been doing the we've been talking a lot about the Super Bowl bet. We'll remind everybody about that. But what else is going on? So today we just had an upgrade. So we have officially incorporated in game parlay plus at our property. So tell me about that. So basically, before this upgrade, if you were to do a same game parlay, you could only do same game parlay from one team as a selection for your ticket. If you try to add um, any other team, it would not allow you to parlay that. We have now incorporated the same game parlay plus, so you can now parlay multiple selections up to 12 different teams, and you can add a total of now 25 legs to a parlay. Whoa. Whoa. Holy crap, that's exotic. But this this seems what you, what, what's relevant in, in this is what you're saying is I can put a parlay bet together that could include both like the Ravens scoring first on Sunday and the Giants covering and other, you know, other teams. I could do both of those things now within a parlay bet. That is correct. We did not have that before. That was only an online feature and is now here at retail. Wow. That is a big deal. Very cool. Uh, what else? Uh, so there's that. And then also um, we, the upgrade included early cash outs, which we talked about as well. Ooh. And that feature, because of our property being so massive and just extremely busy, they're going to test it first on another property that's still okay. slower than where we are. Okay. But we will probably enable that feature uh, within the next two weeks or so. Oh, that's great. So we I remember we had a conversation last week because there was the dude that uh, – played out a parlay all the way to Monday night and lost last week. And so we were talking about right. cash outs, which weren't available yet um, here in Maryland, but will be coming. And that'll be – I can't wait to talk to you more about that because that's going to be really fascinating when we get to that point. I, I would yeah, be the eternal – I said a million times, I, I would cash out the first time I'm making money. Like the first time I got a I got a 12-leg parlay and I put 20 bucks on it, and you're like, I'll let you cash out at $100. I'll be like, you got a deal. <laughs> I'm yeah, that guy. Exactly. Give me a win. Exactly. Um, so I tested that out today, and it looks like it will be – Hopefully, a go here in the next couple weeks. That's awesome. I'm looking forward to that. And then, of course, uh, any, anything else that we should be touching on? So, we also, with that upgrade, the kiosk now has like a, a new display. Um, but they will also have widgets on there to where they will have pre built parlays that you can bet. Sort of like how they do online where okay. they'll have like, oh, well, you bet this parlay or this parlay. 
we can't request um, any type of specific parlay to be on there. It's whatever FanDuel throws on there. Okay. But that feature is added, so that's a, a nice way to get like a quick parlay in as well. And sometimes those things include like boosted odds, correct? Correct. So that's a great opportunity if you make a little bit more. And, of course, you can still get your $25 futures bets in on the Super Bowl and then register those bets, fanduel.com slash SBNAZ. you got to make a $25 bet at odds plus 300 or more, which, again, still right now, all of them would be plus 300 or more. Um, you can register that to win a pair of tickets to the Super Bowl as well. Man, there really is a lot going on. What about the uh, the new kiosks? What's the What's the timetable for those? So we're still waiting on those. Hopefully those are here very soon. It okay. should be this month. Hopefully. Excellent. Leon Twyman, appreciate you, my friend. We will talk to you again next Tuesday. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you. I appreciate it. Leon Twyman, general manager of the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. Uh, that might mean, uh, Griffin, that you need to put in a really exotic uh, Griffin's gratuitous grouping this week. Now that we know that you can do uh, same game, different team parlay. My God. My brain hurts trying to think about all the various different combinations that you could do. You might need to try to find a way to incorporate that now that they've got same game parlay plus available. So should I go like 25 legs, you're saying? You don't have to go 25 legs. Although I'll pick all the UFC. No, we don't. We don't, we don't have time for that. We don't have time for you to go over twenty five legs. Of a I'll pick my no. favorite college I just football feel like we games. should try to incorporate somehow the the two. What, what again? What for those that don't understand? Previously, if you put together a same game parlay and you would say bet the Ravens to score first, you couldn't then bet the Giants to win the first half because it's two different teams involved in the same game parlay. You had to bet the Ravens to score first and the Ravens to win the first half and all of those things if you wanted to go that route. Now, you can bet both teams within the same game and then throw all those legs into another parlay bet involving different games. That is wild, Jack. That is, oh, you're building a hell of a parlay, man. All right, let's get a tidbit. What do you got? All right, tidbit, tidbit. All right, so somebody made, someone went uh, had a 15 for 15 on the uh, NFL slate again this week. <laughs> He put one dollar on it. So the story that he had uh, once on, again on the on on the lines. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. And uh. And so the story that he had because once again Bleacher Report was out there and they were trying you know turning it into content like the guy that cashed or didn't cash out last week. Um. But he was set. So apparently no, somebody was out there last night. They were in Vegas. No, 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 not in Vegas. But like oh. the guy was like sending them videos and they were like oh, posting okay. it right. to their account. Um. But apparently the he 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 met the he he like just met a girl. And he was he explained to her how parlays work, and then made her pick every single game for Shut him. Up. And that is how it goes. And uh, what did he, he what hit, did he win? He put one dollar, and it paid out six thousand dollars. It's a nice little. That's a nice little yeah. return on investment. Yeah, that he's regretting the fact that he didn't put ten dollars right. on that bet. <laughs> Not that much more would have made you sixty thousand dollars. Wow, though, that's a yeah. good little return on investment. Um, somebody, and by the way, did he spend that money on a ring to marry this girl? It's a good question. I don't know. I, mean, I feel like we might have some follow-ups. Yeah. Like, um, put someone put seventy-five dollars on Travis Kelsey and Devontae Adams to both score two touchdowns. Okay. Paid out two. Uh, $2,700. All right. That's a reasonable... I mean, that's a lot to put on a very specific bet, but that's a reasonable... like That sounds like the type of thing that would happen in a football game. Although, maybe not next week, because Devontae Adams might not be available for the next football game mm, after his actions yeah. last night. Uh, your oh, boy... have a bye week this week, so... Your boy, Prince Akeem... Yes. ...put uh, $666. I'm not sure why he picked that Ooh. number, but he put 666 By the way, why is he my boy? 
I was just making that up. Okay, all right. Because I, because, because I, I felt like I try to find the names of the people that make these bets. So I mean, by the way, is this Prince? Is this Prince Hakeem like from the Wu Tang Clan? Is this? No, is this? No, this isn't no, RZA that we're talking about. No, it's not. Right. It's another guy named Prince a guy Hakeem. whose name is Prince Hakeem. Okay, but he put six 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 on uh, a parlay of like all the wild card uh, division or series winners. Uh, he went four for four, so he made uh, fifteen thousand dollars off of that. Okay, but, but it just was found it very odd and interesting that he put wanted to put six 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 dollars as the as his bet amount okay all right yeah. okay oh, by the uh, way it was rakim and i'm sorry <laughs> i have to apologize for that when when before he was rizza he was prince rakim prince not prince prince. Akeem. prince akeem of course being the the kid from um coming to america oh right right yeah, yeah. um gabe davis was plus five thousand to have the most receiving yards on sunday someone put four hundred dollars on that and definitely benched 20. Him multiple leagues <laughs> Benched him in multiple leagues. Well, this person made 20K off. Good week so. for you, guy. Good yeah. week for you, boy. Hey, look, man, I loved Gabe Davis coming into the season. There's a reason I want him in every league. I, I loved him. He had done jack nothing the first four weeks of the season. Uh, someone decided to parlay uh, these two guys to be anytime touchdown scorers, and they got it at 129 to 1 and put $5 on it. And it was Khalil Shakir and Velis Jones Jr. Okay. To both score. I mean, I've at least heard of both of them. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were going to go really. Um, everybody's talking up Shakir like, you know, he's going to be the next star in Buffalo. Right. Like, I mean, you know, I, there's too much going on up there now. Like, it's, God. I mean, he, well, if, if McKenzie and Crowder hear, are out there, he has a chance. But. I hear um, so This one, uh, someone, part, or they did like the little, uh, and Mark Andrews to score the first touchdown and then Hayden Hurst to score the second touchdown. Which is what happened. Sure. 110 to 1. They put $10 on it. Won $1,100. That's a good way to spend $10. Yeah. And then so someone also, and then this person had a no bet no or no touchdown scored in the Jags-Texans uh, game at 45 to 1. And they put $400 on that. <sighs> so they would have won 18000 um, but then there was a touchdown scored in the fourth quarter. Heartbreaking. And they decided to cash out right before. Oh, really? What did yes, they get? They cashed out for seven k. That is, this is why I'm the cash out guy. The, I the will cash always out be the cash out king. You give me any opportunity to make money, I'm ta- I'm the guy. They're playing Deal or No Deal, and the first time they offer me a deal, I'm like, "That's great." <laughs> They're like, "Dude, there could be a million dollars out there." I'm like, "Yes." What did uh, I heard uh, my buddy Rob Long say? He said, "What uh, one in the car is better than three in the bar?" Like, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm taking. This is the offer. It's money. I'm taking it. Give uh, me my money. Uh, and someone had an exact score bet for the Packers Giants game, with the final score Giants twenty seven, Packers twenty, mm. which looked very good. And they did until, until the, the safety, fu- until the slow safety. Yep, it ruined all. They that. did not cash out. No, they did oh, not. Oh, that is so they lost. They, 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 they would have won nine hundred dollars. They put five on it. Oh. Would have won nine hundred. Well, that's, that's all that you're getting on a on an exact score yeah, bet at twenty seven. That's like one hundred eighty to one, I think. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Um, And then finally, this person threw away $85 on that uh, horrible Thursday night football game. They took a bet of at least one touchdown to be scored (laughs) between the Colts and Broncos at minus 20, minus two, yeah, minus 20,000. Why would you ever make that bet? So they would have made like 37 37 cents or something. By the way, this was a a theory that I had for a long time. Like, just take obvious favorites and like just peel off whatever little amount of money that you can make off of it and keep. You know, it's it's like the office space concept. You're like getting ten, a tenth of a percentage of a of a dollar, but like it all adds up if you keep making right. them, right up until you lose one. And then, and then, you're, you, then it's, you're it's like you've like you did nothing. It's like all the weeks 
of betting that you've done are worthless because you lost one. That's why I prefer to bet on Ukrainian ping pong myself. It's something you know Far about. more yeah. profitable. Uh, all right, that's it. That is all Very I have. Good. Yeah. All right, thanks to uh, Leon Twyman. Thanks to Aaron Oster. We will see you on Thursday for Weekend at Bookies. Make sure you get down to the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland this week. Check out the same game, Parlay Plus, which is now available for you. Uh, We'll see you on Thursday. May the odds be ever in your favor. This has been Simply the Bets.